Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Closet Champion Podcast. I am your host, the reigning, rarely defending, highly disputed champion of wrestling podcasts, Mike Mueller. On this episode of the Closet Champion Podcast, I'm going to be talking about the biggest holy shit moments in the history of wrestling, but I won't be doing it alone. Today, I am joined by one of the most knowledgeable wrestling fans I personally know, Luke Cudialis. Luke, thanks for joining me in tackling this subject, and before we get into it, I want to ask you the five questions that I kind of ask every wrestling fan that I meet. Sounds good. All right. Uh, first and foremost, well, actually, first and foremost, fuck you for rubbing uh, <laughs> oh, this? the belt in my face. This? Yes, that the championship I, uh, belt. They just recently <sighs> won back. On some bullshit. Uh, we both had perfect cards. We did. So we both had bullshit. Perfect, yes. So if so. you listen to the, uh, the State of Wrestling podcast, I mentioned that... Uh, I had a perfect score. Me and a friend of mine had a perfect score. That friend is Luke. And we play for a little uh, toy championship belt because we're losers like that. (laughs) And since we had a tie, and this is the second time we've tied. And I was involved in both ties. You were involved in both ties. Not there for the first. Right, which is how I got away with the victory. Um, shame on me. Shame on you, man. Did you? Was the concert worth it? Was it, it was. It was a good concert. It was a good show. I'm not gonna lie, but uh, I, it was not worth losing a belt. That's right. You know? That's I mean, prestigious. It is, especially when you realize what an asshole I was gonna be with. I, uh, you know, because especially <laughs> with the, yeah, the longest reign. I will give you that. You it is longest reign. It is, but our, our both of our names are on there twice now. Yes, so. that is that is yeah, very true. You know, first inaugural champion, uh, first to lose it. First I don't know if you, you've not rubbed that in my face yet, so I will I will take that from you to first to lose it, but you know, first to two time champs, so but yeah, longest reigning. I'm gonna have to come for that title. You know, I'm gonna have to come Well, for that. you got a few more. I yeah. I benefited from a uh lackluster uh fall lineup pay per view yeah. lineup, so that worked to my benefit. But we'll see how it goes. Alright. Anyway, yeah, so that's so it's number good to have one. This back. It's good to have it back. Okay. You got Goldie back. Um, so, first question: uh, When did you get into wrestling, and who was the person or people that kind of got you into it? Um, now, that, that's the thing, because the longest I could, like as far back as I can remember, um, I would say my grandma. You know, I don't, I don't know, yeah. because uh, I do remember being at her home. You know, she would have these old wrestling tapes. Uh, it would be guys. You know, you've talked about a couple of these guys in like the uh the gimmicks episode yeah yeah you know it, we're talking like uh the red rooster yeah. you know but then also it was you know piper was on you know so it was just all like the old school so it's like late 80s late 80s early 90s stuff um so i, I remember having you know the toy figures you mm. know the uh little uh hogan like, like the four inch the, the hasbro four inch, figures the hasbro yeah. figures with the ring you know yeah with the, you know, all the accessories the fixings you know uh. Um, had the, you know, Hogan and the, uh, Ultimate Warrior, little doll, you know, the, um, plush. The, the body pillows? Yes, the body pillows. Yes, yeah, I had the both bu- of those. Wrestling buddies. Wrestling buddies. Yep. Had I those. had, I had Hogan, I had Hogan Warrior and Jake Roberts. Nice. And I didn't realize till way, they only made four. It was I, Savage. Was Savage. And I yeah. never had Savage. I don't think I had Savage and, either. Like I said, it was Ultimate Warrior and, and Hogan. Hogan. Oh, yeah. Um, Personally, I would trade now. I would go back and trade the Hogan and Ultimate Warrior for both Roberts, Roberts and Savage. Savage. But yeah. that's you know, you're a kid. You're a kid. You don't know any better. Yeah, so. you're a kid. But yeah, that's just, like that's my like far back. You know, reaching when I could say I really got into wrestling would be middle school. Uh, or it was like elementary, middle school. Yeah, you know, I had a couple buddies that we went to elementary and middle school together, so we kind of 
transition, you know, over time watching wrestling, you know, like uh, how it progressed, you know, going yeah. through, you know, I was a guy, I went through WWF and WCW. Yeah, uh, totally, fan, totally. You know, totally. I, I never was exclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, Me either. So I could say, you know, around that time, uh, before the Monday Night Wars really took off, that, that, that's like when we were into it. Um, but yeah, so I would say it was really just family, but yeah. then also just being a young kid and having friends, friends. that were in wrestling that yeah. just got into You know, yeah. I did, kind of like you, I did fall out of it, of yeah. uh, watching, but I mean, I think we all kind of do. Um, I, I, I'm honestly, I think you kind of have to. I think it's good to take a break. Yeah. Um, like there's times, even now, like sometimes I think about it, but I'm like, I can't do it now because I'm doing a freaking podcast. Yeah, you're committed. You're I'm, podcast. I'm in now. <laughs> I'm podcast. I'm in podcast po- committed. In there poker, you you're pod committed, and in this world, you're podcast committed. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's. I think it's good to take a break. Um, and you you come back to it with kind of a fresh set of eyes. And you, I don't know about you. I'm, I mean, I do know about you, but uh, <laughs> it's you. You start to appreciate it for a totally different yes, reason. Yes, I see like, it through a different, uh, totally different set of sh- eyes, yeah. glasses. However you want to, you know, phrase it. Um, yeah, what uh, pulled me back in was uh, like that time frame, like two thousand, like anywhere from like two thousand nine, you know, ten, eleven. Uh, a couple buddies, you know, uh, Big Rob and Deuce. They, you know, were always wrestling fans. We would talk about it, you know. But then we finally were like. Hey, let's go to, you know, there's a live show or there's a raw, you know, like, you know, getting pulled back into that, being able to go and uh, I only went to my knowledge. I went to one event growing up. So that was, you know, wasn't really a thing for me. So, you know, now, like you said, being older, different, you know, we can go on my own. I can pick and choose. It's like, all right, let's go. And then you go and see, you know, like you said, now I'm not just going for the spectacle, you know, I'm going for the athleticism and the storytelling and like, where is this going? And right. Can I predict it? You yes. know, it's like being a kid again, yeah. but you're trying to follow along. You yeah. Know? You, it's sort of like what you're, if you watch a movie or a TV show, no matter how lost in it you get, you're kind of like, I, I, I want to try to figure out where this is going. Mm-hmm. Am I smart? You know, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Am I picking up the clues that they're giving right. me? Do I see where this is going? And you get to kind of, unlike as a kid where you're just taking it and you're you're just taking it a very face entertainment value. Like I'm dissecting this stuff and yes. I'm starting to be like, well, if I was a writer, what would right. I? Do? How could I have done this? Could yeah. it have been done better? You right. know, I I'm personally have you know from watching. Uh, you know, pay-per-views together and everything. I'm a big guy when it comes to camera angles. And like, yeah. And, you know, like, that's my thing. Like, I, I want it to look good. Pacing, timing, it's a big thing. But also for, you know, camera work, it's... I don't want to feel like I'm on a roller coaster. I, like, I'm yes. getting nauseous watching this, you know. 700 cuts. Right. Like, I don't get know. nauseous while I'm at the live event. Why should I get nauseous while I'm watching it on TV? But exactly. I, you know. Exactly. I, this is why I'm on this side of the, you know, ring and they're on that side, mm-hmm. so... Uh, but that's it, that's the beauty of it too, seeing it in a different moment because it's like that's you get these holy shit moments. Right, you know, you're right. walking away as a kid. Yeah, you have your memorable. It you know whether it scarred you or what, but now you see it in a different way. Like holy shit, I can't believe these guys you know committed to doing this. Like, right, you know, having known this guy was injured, you know, and like the you know, you, they did. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's a whole different level of appreciation. But as trying to be you know the smart guy predicting, 
then you get that holy shit I was wrong oh my god this is great yes you know, like, it's great when that happens yes yeah, yes yeah, and yeah. we'll get into that obviously yeah so. yeah but you like to be you like to be wrong sometimes it's fun I, it's it's good to be wrong trust me I was wrong with the Royal Rumble I didn't think me too I didn't think uh, Charlotte for sure you know yeah I didn't think uh, Drew no you know, I was like halfway through you know right before he came out I was like oh they're going with Brock like holy shit right, he's gonna, gonna do, do this, this you know yeah and yeah. it, they made it look good. They made they did. it believable. As, and we were all, we were in that basement together. We were all pissed <laughs> off. We all ended up, I think as soon as it was over, Jorah was like, one of the best Rumbles ever. And I think I'm, it's yeah, too early yeah, yeah, for yeah. me to decide that. But given how mad we were for the first 25 minutes they, of that. They, I give them credit. It yeah. was good. They got the reaction. Like, I'll admit, you know, they got me. It was, was such pissed. a relief. Yes. And then that pop for Drew to come in and get that Claymore. Yeah. Like, hey, kudos to them. But it's it was not who I thought was gonna win it, you know. No. Not to take away from him or anything like that, but yeah, no, it was great. It was great to see. Um, all right. Uh so when you first started watching wrestling, you said that was kinda like with your grandma, late Mm eighties, early nineties. Who was your favorite as a kid? Um, it's a I have I'm gonna kind of cheat. It's gonna be okay. two two wrestlers, All but right. that's only because I was going between WWF and WCW. Fair. So I was a dual brand guy uh, for WWF. Stone Cold. Okay. I yeah, I was a Stone Cold guy. Like I loved the you know anti hero, the badass, you know, which is kind of funny because for WCW, Sting. Mm. I which is two different characters, was, like two well, different yeah. spectrums. You yeah. know, you had the company guy with Sting. You know, he, you know, was the he outsider. Was the fa- yeah, but he was the face of Right, WCW. but he was the face, but then you also had the face, but he was the bad guy, the anti-authority, you know, so, like, yeah. I, I, I'm on both ends of the spectrum here, but like I said, both those guys, to me, were iconic, you know, for the time. Just for sure. Their storylines, you know, you could look back and just pick out great moments from both, whether it's Sting with the NWO, you know, Feud. Uh, that crow sting was crow sting is I don't feel like it's enough love these days it does I put it on my gimmicks list and part of the and part of the reason why too is because I wanted to remind people because I'm with you like when people talk I'm like dude sting was a gimmick and that was a great great gimmick right it was a gimmick taken from a movie right you know like and they made it work and you you gotta make a you gotta make a role work where you don't speak and no one's speaking for you. Right. You don't have he a just manager. Shows up. He just shows up. And you just like, have the commentators doing the work for you and the camera guys. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole time. They're like, where is he at? Yeah. You're going to live events. You know, where's Sting? Is yeah, he totally. there? Is he going to be know, there? Is he in the crowd? I went to a live show. I mentioned this. I went to Monday Night Raw and I was looking and he did show up at that Raw. Nice. Um, I think, I, I don't think he came down. I think that was like the earlier days and he was just still like stalking from up above. Yeah. He and like... Um, Zip line down. Yeah, the zip, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, but he was up there. But then I remember even going to a live event after that, like looking around, like, man, where's where he going to be? be? There, right. And he's not going to be there at a live event. Like, is, you but know you, as I mean? a kid, but, you know, the, right. you know, you yeah, don't I know. Was, you're hoping for your guy. Yeah, that was, so I had to be like 12. I think that was 99. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. Or, no, 98. Okay. Yeah, because by 90, uh, by the end of 98, he was already down. So anyway, sorry. Wait, we're see, my answer, my yeah. for my eleven for that I got to did get to see, but it was uh, Wolfpack Sting. You know, it was yeah. Like, oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was. It was it, I mean, still, it was cool, but you know, different, different gimmick. Yeah, totally different. 
Um, so is Stone Cold or Andor Sting still your favorite wrestler of all time, or has that changed since then? It's changed. It's hard to say, like all time, right? But but that's what you gotta do here. You I'm gotta, gonna, you gotta. I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, not putting you on. Yeah, you know, all time. Um, I've I've been. I gotta, I gotta go with the guy I got on my, on my shirt right now. Dude, I love it. Kevin love Owens. It. I ever since I've heard about him before his WWE debut when he was you know, Steen. Steen, you know, I, I didn't catch him, you know, like height of the Kevin Steen run or anything like that. Um, you know, a lot of the work with PWG or Ring of Honor, but you know, the grumblings, you know, you hear people talking yeah, about yeah, who's yeah. coming up or who could be potentially tapped, you know, to come to WWE. So his name came up. So you kind of look in on his work, and it's like. Holy shit! This is a big guy. You know he's he can move though. Really and move. some of the spotters, just the moments he's been in with the Young Bucks or um, uh, PWG type stuff. It's just he's incredible. It's incredible. And then he you, comes to NXT. You know his mic work, his presence. Everything. His mic work is what changed it for me. Yeah, like I like. So I mentioned this on my very first one because he's in my top ten all time. Yes. I think I put him at like number six or something. He's in the middle and still climbing. Like that's the beauty of yeah. it is he's still climbing. Um, but I was shown, he was shown to me originally by uh, our buddy Colin Reed. Oh yeah. And Colin showed me this guy who's this Kevin Steen and I saw it and I saw him do the, um, the cannonball, you know, to turn back and I saw these things and I'm like, yeah, it's good, but it's not that it wasn't anything I hadn't seen before because it was like seeing a a big guy. It's impressive. It's incredibly impressive. But I just, I don't know, I wasn't, like, seeing, like, the it factor. Right. And then he came to NXT, and he had his match. Because there wasn't, like, he didn't do promos before. No. And there was no promos. And that's one thing, I, beauty I love about the new guys for NXT at times is when they don't really introduce them, and they just kind of, like, they just get, come in. They come in. You know, because the, they've done that recently, WWE, was it Shelton Benjamin, or was it Bobby Lashley? They had come back. And they, like, announced, like, oh, next, you know, week, returning. And it's like, why announce next week that you're having a guy return? Where's the beauty of having him come through, you know, unannounced? And... I'm trying to remember. They may have done it with both. I feel like there was I think actually it was Benjamin because yeah, Lashley's gotten more love, obviously being in you know uh, programs and stuff like that. Yeah. I think it was Shelton Benjamin. I, I was agree. Like, why announce someone like that? Yeah. There's no. It would have been cool to just. Have yeah, it I mean, I don't know how MVP came back. I've never been an MVP MVP guy. You know, right. Yeah. That, you no. know. Uh, Shannon or anything is just no appeal but you know I don't even know how he came back recently did they announce him or did he come back just it was just the rumble he was okay. a surprise yeah. entrance in the okay. rumble that's right. that's and then right. he just was like back and then he now he's they, gone well but they it's so weird they announced they said that he was like announcing his retirement but then last Monday he had a match but like it, it was supposed to be last Monday was my last match and then he announced the thing and then he had a match this past Monday so, I, I don't know what's going on I with that. But no, I'm with you. I like when it's a true surprise. Yeah. Um, and that was a true surprise for me. I just got, they just was like, here's Kevin Owens. Right. And like, holy and shit. Like, had him coming up to the big Roman, you know, Cena, like we're going after <sighs> the top dog. At, in here that and was has, it's so just... good. It was so good. And he stomps on the belt. Yeah. With it, his NXT title. Yeah. Like, that's, that was, I think that was really the first time that an NXT person was like straight up spitting on the face of the quote unquote main roster. Yeah, the only one that came up prior that would have, that had a big enough impact like that would be Paige, I would think. 
with well, yeah, but I mean, pa- but, did, but she but came up and stayed dog, up. But she, did she dog? No, she did. She That's came what up I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, I'm just saying the only other one to come up and like, oh, and win right away. Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 she like won her first night. I yeah, think, right? she beat she, yeah. AJ Lee if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Yeah, you know, that the, sounds right. Um, so that's you know that's huge in its own right, you know. But yeah, Kevin Owens, like I said, like asserting that dominance, like, hey, I'm here to make a statement, but I know where you know I'm going back. You come find me, type. But it's right. it's good. It's and is would it be wrong? I don't feel they're really giving him anything to work with right now. No, not at all. They're, put they're him back finally. In NXT. Um, if we're gonna put Baylor back in NXT, would it be wrong to have Kevin Owens show no. up in you know Kevin Owens? Champa or Kevin Owens, Cole. I don't, you Kevin know. Owens, every single person. On yeah, the roster, yeah, yeah. Kevin like, Owens versus the whole roster. <laughs> right. Like, and sincerely, I know, and I'm with you. There, I'm curious if you had asked me that question, literally a week ago, mm-hmm. I would say definitely put him in right. NXT, bring him back. And I've heard um, rumors that he wants to go back. So if you know, like, if shit, I were these guys and I have nothing really going on, why not? But they are. It seems like they're finally breaking off into a one-on-one feud with Owens and Rollins. Okay. And I would love to see that play out. I'd much rather see it play out with Owens as the heel and Rollins as the face. Because I think I kind of am equal with Rollins as a face and the heel. He has that... I don't get more excited with him as a heel. I find him to be a disingenuous... Um, Mike Worker either way it's not his greatest attribute it's not he's a hell of a worker he, it sounds that, scripted yeah. though but when you watch him like on Up Up Down Down or anything that's not Where he's just being himself he's being himself he you know he's great he's open he's loose you know it, it, it like you said it flows Whereas he's trying to be that snarky heel sometimes, it's almost being like it's force fed. Well, it's and like, he's try- not only just trying to be a snarky heel, which I think he could be a snarky heel just fine. It's he has to be a snarky heel and deliver this very specifically worded promo. Yeah. And some people it's natural with, and other people it's not. Yeah. I feel like if he were, I would Seth Rollins would probably be at the very top of my list. If he was wrestling in the late '80s or early '90s, when all those guys were coming up with their own shit, and yeah. a lot of it sucked, a lot of them you look back on it would have severely benefited from a writer. <laughs> but there's a lot more right. that, like, who the fuck is going to write an Ultimate Warrior promo? Who's going to write a Jake Roberts promo? No, but gonna... hey, give Jake Roberts credit because that guy, like, oh, Jake, oh, he's Stone Cold, like, just. He's one of my top ten all time. Yeah, and it's it's scary how good he could just talk to you, mm-hmm. but convince you, you know, like, hey, I'm going to hurt you. It's mindfuck. Yeah. It's, he's he a doesn't mind have fuck. to get loud. Nope. He doesn't have to, you know, change tone or anything like right. that. You've changed, like, be intimidating, like, boss up on you. He's, right. I'm just going to talk to you. I'm just going to talk to you. And when he does then choose to raise his right. voice, it's that much more impactful. Right. He's like, oh, he shit. Does, dad's yeah, mad. Yeah. <laughs> dad's, <laughs> dad's, dad's loud. Now. Dad is mad. Yeah. That's perfect. All right. So that's, yeah, no, um... Uh, props to you for having Ko be here all time. I mean, he 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 changed like he he changed the way I look at you know big guys and moving. You know, like yeah. you, you always had big guys that can move. Sure. right? big show, big man, Bigelow, big boss man, big boss man. You know, yeah. but it's just that that bullfrog splash. You know, like like great name. Too. Yeah, it's it is every time. He's in a big match or everything. He has these moments. He's impressive. You know, I get wowed. I get, you know, like, holy shit almost. You know, like, I can't believe he can do that. You know, it's just 
give my man some more. Right. I That's hear what you. I want. Well, maybe you said holy shit. Maybe uh, one of these days he'll get on the the holy shit list. Hey, I mean, why we'll not? We'll do a part two. We could do a part two. Yep. Um, so my next question to you is, and I'm nor- normally I leave it as sort of a this or, or that question, but I'm not going to for you. My question is normally, what wrestling moment do you wish you could have seen live, or did you get to see it live and that was your number one? And I think I know what that number one would be that you've seen live, but we're going to talk about that in a couple minutes. So I'm going to leave it specifically to something you did not go to and you did not see. Okay. Live that you wish you could have. And been there's in the a audience. lot of them. That's sure. the thing. So like I, I may look back on this like, damn, I should have switched it up. Or, you know, right. like, yeah, yeah. So it's like I put me on the spot. I put yeah. it on the spot. No, it's good. I, I appreciate it because yeah. it's one of those like, um, there's a lot of oh man, uh, because I don't, I, I almost don't want to double dip into our list because that's what I'm saying. Like, you can't use yeah, that. You yeah, can't yeah, use yeah, that. That's right. Because I'm, yeah. Uh, hang on, let me. Well, you can use I have, it. Well, I have my list of ones that oh. didn't make it onto our list. Okay, all so right. So I can always, Fair you know. Well, and you can use it. I just don't want you to use the specific one. You know what I'm talking about. Right, right. Yeah. Ah, that's a good one, too. Shit. Honestly, because it's not on this list. Sure. Edge returning. 2020 return. That, oh, just the Rumble, just this past year. This January. past one. I mean, don't get me wrong. The 2010, that's huge, you know. Sure. Like, uh, but this past one, because that's one we never thought. Nope. You know, and like Not after 10 years, nine years. Nine years, you know. Yeah, we heard the rumors coming up and, you know, could he, did he sign, you know, all that. I, I, I didn't called pay it. Him. I predict. Well, not that, I, I shouldn't say I called it. I, I had heard the rumors and stuff too, and I was... Looking at when I made my rumble, mm, that's right, right. Yeah. The odds, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, there's four spots that we don't know, yep. and I'm like, one of them is gonna go to a returning legend. We didn't know two of them were gonna go to returning people with MVP, but I, I knew, I know. <laughs> You're making a thumbs down. <laughs> that's a thumbs down. I just, I, I, I agree. hundred no, percent. Nothing against the guy. I just don't like wasted rumble spots. I'm with you, man. I'm with you, and I found that to be a wasted rumble mm-hmm. spot. But for him, I thought that was great. For two reasons, the very obvious reason being of, oh my God, he's back, mm-hmm. and he's coming in at 21, where you're also going, he could win this thing. Right. He's which, not coming in at four. Right. You know what I mean? Like, as a surprise spot. Right. He's not coming at 15, or right. like, you know, like a mid-spot. This is expecting. a late spot. It's a late spot. It's 10 years later from the time that he you you won returned. It. Like, could you, would you be willing to do that, you know? Right. So, yeah, knowing, like, just what he had to go through to earn that, you know, to be able that to do that, so cool. even if that was the only spot he did, obviously you know yeah. there talks that he three year contract or something yeah. like that, which is great. Well, and he's obviously gonna do some with Orton. At Mania. He's gonna yeah, he's we're working towards Mania with Orton, which is great. Um, and whatever's beyond that, you know, looking forward to because he to me that's another top ten. He's probably a top, probably top five for me. Um, but yeah, that. I can't imagine, you know, just watching that video. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll be honest, I, I cried. Yeah. You know, I went home, you know, after that viewing. Like, I went home, I was sitting there on the phone, you know, just watching. I'm just like, holy shit. You know, because you, you, you've never thought. You know, you appreciate no. that because, you know, that's somebody's dream. That's somebody, you know, they're, and it's just like, holy shit. Yeah, and you by know? the way, he's got, if you haven't seen it, he's got a pretty good, it's a very straightforward, but it's a pretty good, um... Uh, documentary on the WWE Network after he retired the first time 
Um, and it's just like a, his biography. And okay. it's, it's nothing groundbreaking. It's not like the Ric Flair 30 for 30 or Andre um, HBO one where you're like, holy shit. Um, but it, it's a great it's a great retrospective. And you see how this was all he ever wanted to do and was able to do it pretty much from go. And I respect the hell out of someone that knows, especially that I wanted to be a wrestler too when I was 12. Didn't we all? Yeah. Right. But <laughs> I didn't, which is going to segue into this. Right. But he wanted to be a wrestler when he was 12 and at 14 and at 16 and then right. decided he was going to start doing it and right. did it. and Stop talking about it and just and do just it. And just do it. Just like, do it's it. It's fucking like, it, yeah, it helps to be 6'2 and a good looking yeah, guy yeah. and all that shit. But it, you, you still got to pull the trigger. Um, right. And you got to put the work in. You got to show up. You got to, right. you know, want it. That's the biggest thing. You got to want it. And to do it for that long, no, Edge is great. That would have been an amazing, it's, amazing return. Yeah, because that's one I'll never, you know, being in that basement watching it, you know, we're all. We nobody was expecting it. No, you know we all freaked out. Like wait, was you know marked out, and yeah, that you know just that moment alone, just being there, you know, knowing we were there, that's awesome. But then yeah, to be in that crowd, that's electrifying. You know that yeah. is just one of those like holy shit. So, it was a great moment. Yeah, great moment. Uh, my last question to you. All right, so Luke, you are twelve years old. You're with your boys in the basement. <laughs> You're fucking around playing wrestlers. What's your finishing move? What's your go-to move? I mean, my go-to, like, at that time, it was very easy. It was everyone was doing the stunner. You know, sure. the Stone Cold stunner. You know, that or... Uh, I don't... I couldn't... Or what would your finishing move be now? Then? My finishing move? Yeah. 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 What would say, you like, be now? Yeah, now it would be a lot more uh, mature. Because, like I said, stunner was everyone's mimic. Oh, sure. Uh, for me... It's a good visual. Yeah. It, it's super easy, you know. It, kicking yeah. someone in the stomach is fun. At twelve, right. I mean, why not, right? Uh, for me now, it would be a power bomb into transition into a clover leaf. If I okay, could. you know, so so you do the power bomb, but instead of yeah, pitting them, instead or of pitting, go, like you're like sitting into you then a pin, immediately turn you into kind a of turn it into a clover leaf. You kind of lock them. Yeah, you know, so I like that. That. That power and submission combo, right? Yeah, you're thing, not yeah. going. You're not relying, you know, just on your pure, brute strength. You're sure. not looking to just knock them out. Yep. You're looking, you know, wear them down and lean on them. You know, yep. just work the body. You know, then the head will fall. You know, tight. Yeah, so there you go. I like that. You know, that's um, that's weird because I, I couldn't name it. I don't. I, I don't you have a name, cool for, name it. for it. Yeah, come up with a cool name for it, but uh, not on the spot. I okay. Yeah, it. I was gonna say. Gonna be just, if be next time you're on, I'll tell you what. That's that's your. I homework owe you that. Assignment. That's my homework. All right. Yeah, I can you owe it. me that. Uh, I want a name for your finishing move. I like that. I always said that mine would be because I actually when I was uh, doing the Shawn Michaels thing with my buddy John, I actually I didn't talk about any of mine for this, but uh, it's the it's so weird that you said that because. Mine would be a like a double underhook power bomb directly into a pin, like a sit out okay. pin. And who I stole that from is Dean Malenko, master of the cloverleaf. Ah. Because before the clover, it got to a point around I want to say like mid 97, 98, where if Dean Malenko is winning a match, it's by the cloverleaf. Okay. And that's just what it was. Nice. But before that, he would do the cloverleaf. But he also used to do this like double underhook sit out power bomb, and the dude's like 
five eight. Yeah, five, he's, nine. A, like, he's a small dude, and he's doing it to other cruiserweight. Obviously, he's not doing it to Scott Hall. I love that uh, about the WCW. Like all those guys, like that's what that was my draw. Oh, uh, cruiserweights. Yeah, obviously NWO sure. the whole run, but WCW cruiserweights. Like, well, and I was actually I like at the time I didn't appreciate it, but I would say like I wasn't. NWO never really drew me. Really? Because I was like you. I was a dual brand guy. And I watched the... I had rented videos from Hollywood Video. Nice. um, That I hadn't seen before. But it was like... um, like Halloween Havoc 1988 and I only rented it because I knew the Road Warriors were on the cover and I knew him as Legion of Doom. Right. Like I didn't know any of these people but when I found out that there was going to be this new show called Nitro I had to check it out and then Lex Luger was on the first one and I had known Vader and uh, excuse me not Vader Vader wasn't on the first one I had known Hogan and Flair and uh, Ray Trailer, Big Boss Man. Nice. I had known then, so like I wanted to watch it. Right. Um, but from that moment on, I was a Four Horsemen guy. Gotcha. And the first people that the NWO really fucked with and screwed over Four were the Horsemen. And Kurt Hennig, Mr. Perfect, my boy, your boy, comes in to be a Horseman and then betrays them for the NWO. So from Day one, I was like, fuck the NWO. <laughs> yeah, <this> is... <laughs> Dude, they're screwing over my guys. Right, like, yeah, I, could, I get it. But I the cruiserweights. It. it was so damn, good. that was and so it's good. Some good wrestling. Like you, if I want to go back, obviously I want to watch you know, the Attitude Era, like sure. the whole Monday Night Wars type deal. But like, if I want to go back and watch good wrestling matches, that's what I'm going cruiserweight back. Cruiserweight matches. WCW cruiserweight matches. Yeah. That's where your bread's going to be buttered. Yeah. You know, like... Eddie and Ray. Yes. Eddie, Ray. Like U- Ultimo Dragon. Ultimo Dragon, anybody, you know. Um, yeah, uh, I liked Hooventude. He botched Hoop, a lot, but Hoop, I liked Hooventude. Right? Hooventude was good. He was sloppy. Eddie, Eddie Guerrero. Like, I... Incredible. Incredible in WCW. Psychosis. It's... It's... Uh, like, Parka. Like, Parka, all those guys. Yeah. You know, you could go on. Jericho, um, for God's sake. Jericho. Um, uh, why am I, Vampiro. Like, all yeah, these guys. Yeah. You know, this just putting in work. I compare a lot of, t- a lot of that to the AEW mid-card. I hear where you. Oh, yeah, Darby Allen. Darby Allen. Yeah, you know. Yeah. They're working hard. The they're yeah. going to... They're, they're going to be everyday names in a year or two. Mm-hmm. But right now, they're just working hard, doing these spots. You know, it's going to be... It's going to be good stuff. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right, cool. That was good. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, going into this week's topic... We're talking about holy shit moments, and we had already kind of mentioned a few just going in that. But mm. I really want to pin down for people that are listening. You know, holy shit is something that you hear people chant in the audience all the time. It's a big moment. It's often a big spot, but beyond that, it's something that you're going to remember and talk about for years to come. And it's not just the outcome of a match. It's how that moment came to be and that's really a holy shit moment so for me i consider three things to be crucial in a holy shit moment you gotta have at least one of these three things the more you have in there the better uh the first thing the first way to create a holy shit moment that is usually what causes the fans to chant holy shit is something incredibly dangerous something really unorthodox where you know that the slightest mistake yeah, it's it could end really, really right. bad. Someone's gonna get hurt. Someone's gonna. Someone get hurt. is probably hurt. You, right, that even we don't know they, about. Even if they hit it right, right, someone's probably someone's hurt. probably hurt. Yeah. Um. But yeah, someone leaving. You know. 
leaving it all on the line, you know, like, holy shit, like, this guy, one quarter of an inch, he could have missed, and this is career, he's, you know, he's career, going off in yeah. a stretcher. Um, yeah. One that comes up, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's a spoiler or not, maybe Champa and Cole, Morgan's, yeah. you know, he he's cradling his neck. And he, he he doesn't do it right, or he misses that spot by, you know, like I said, a quarter inch. Chopper's gone. Right. You know, or, right. or Cole, you know, breaks his arm sure. or something. You know, that's one of those, like, holy shit, guys. Like, and that's another thing, too. Like, the danger, more dangerous, especially later, or like, earlier days, were they able to really practice this? Right. You know, there's not much they don't no, get to practice. It no. is, wait, we get this once. Yeah. You know, we get one shot at this. So totally. it's like. Yeah, there's certain things that you don't want to practice. No, no. Like the more we do it, the more we're increasing our right, odds. Right, like that or the more I don't want to do this. Right, you know, right. Like, hey, right. wait, maybe this is a bad idea. Yeah, so. just gotta just, just gotta go with it. Go just let it, it happen. You know. Yep. Totally. Don't think about it. <laughs> right. So yeah, you gotta be dangerous, and if you're not dangerous, another big, really important element to me is the element of surprise. A holy shit moment is something that really catches you off guard, and. If you can't see it coming, it's going to have a much greater impact on the audience. Yes. Uh, one of the things, there are so... It, just a straight up holy shit move is a superplex. But to me, mm-hmm. a superplex is never going to lead to a holy shit moment because you're seeing the setup of it. It's I, He's on the top rope and the other right. guy climbs and there's the back and forth. If something can really catch you off guard, that is going incre- to that is going to elevate the holy shit yeah. level because I did not see that coming. Right. The only other way that it works is like you have like a Chekhov's gun, right? Uh, Explain that. Uh, so To the audience and to me. To, to the audience. <laughs> uh, and I may butcher it, so You're good. call me out if I do. Um, but basically what I can reference is Gargano, Ciampa, uh, when the, he pulls back the exposed uh, ring, like the wood, and then they fight off into the crowd, they fight off later on. So you're looking at this, you're like, okay, well, in the back of your head, you're worried about, you know, you're thinking about them fighting, but in the back of your head, you're like, what about the ring, you know? So Chekhov's gun is later on, they didn't do this to not use it. So it comes back around later on, and you see, oh, hey, boom, he gets hit to, you know, on the exposed apron, whether it's, you know, Gargano or, you know, whoever. It's just one of those, like, you're not going to expose it to not use it. To not use it. Right, yeah, you got to come back to it if you're going to pull it out there. No unnecessary elements, you know. Use, right, use, use it. Yes, yeah. yes. A big part of that, though, I think too is, at least for the audience at home, I think a lot of that responsibility falls on the camera guys. Yes. If you keep showing that yeah. exposed or that just, that setup table room, or something. Yeah. You gotta put it away to let yes. us forget about it's it. It's like with um, wrestlers who hide, you know, Royal Rumble, you know, they head off to the side, or it's like you kind of forget about them. But then us being like, you know, smart fans, right? Quote unquote, we're like, oh but wait, so he's in the so, corner, yeah, you yeah. know. So you don't really forget about him, but then you do get, you know, you do lost you up get in the lost? Show. Absolutely, you so get lost. It does it. work. Yeah, it, it works. They they do their but job. If you, like you said, camera guy sweeps and you still see him sitting there you're just like well elements everything's gone it's gone yeah that holy shit moment has yep. now diminished uh the last way to make something a holy shit moment uh this to me goes it can't just be by itself but it's got to be dangerous and this or uh a surprise moment and this it has to be original yeah that's the biggest there's that's... only like as soon as you see something done one time 
The next time it's done, no matter how good it's done the next time, it's so much harder to make that list. And it's it's so much harder to overshadow that moment because you're always going to, well, they're doing it, you know, throwback to this or right. this has already been done. Yeah. So it's like it, no matter what, until you can absolutely top it and overshadow it, it's, it's still tied. Going, it's still tied or it's still going to be brought back to what you, you know, the spot yeah. that originally had. I think a big, like, the biggest thing to me with that, as far as just a straight up example, is the Shawn Michaels Razor Ramon ladder match. You still, to this day, if there is a package that is leading up to a giant ladder match, including like Money in the Banks, which <laughs> which this was not, you right. know, but there's going they're going to still cut back and reference that yeah. because that was, for all intents and purposes. The original. The quintessential. The quintessential. Yeah. A couple of ladder matches have been done before, but that is the one that stands above and beyond. And until you totally top it, you're never going to forget about it. And I think only a couple have been done. I, and honestly, all of them are TLC matches. Yeah. I mean, you know, those are the ones that stand out the right. most. You know, there have been some good uh, WrestleMania, you know, that, the, that run they had with the Intercontinental. Uh, oh my god! Oh. You know Dean getting staples the one year. You know because he uh, I forget exactly the spot. That's right. But he's off to the side. I was thinking of a different moment. In oh, time. okay. I was thinking, well, my my brain usually goes to I was thinking Benoit and Jericho. Ah, well, I mean, great hey, ladder match. Right, right. No, oh, that was at, I'm sorry. That was at Royal Rumble. Not oh, was WrestleMania. It? Okay, yeah, but yeah, Rumble. but like like I said, that's you still go back to these, you know, ones that have already been done no matter what, you know, this, whether yeah. it's a spot or whether it's, you know, the timing of the event. Right. You know, yeah. Like, it's got to have a screw job. How many yeah. times they try to replicate that, but it's like, it's always brought back to the Montreal screw job. Cause there's no other one. You right. know, there are other ones, but there's no other Montreal screw job. It's not going to top it. Right. Yeah. And there, it wasn't, there was nothing before it, you know, that it's like, Oh, they, they did this then, but then the Montreal screw job was better. It's like, no, it was the original. And right. that's part of what made it so great. Before, you know, I know, I know you have an upcoming podcast plan. You know, to I talk do. About uh, do you, you know, do you think it was work or just, are you waiting here more Luke, to your undecided? Luke, I'm the host of this podcast ah. <laughs> and I'd really appreciate it if you don't put the host on the spot. The host is hey, the on say? the spot. Um... If I, if you, if someone put a gun to my head and I had to say, yes, it's a work or no, it's not a work, I'm saying, no, it's not a work, but I am so, it's like 5248. Right. You're willing to listen and like convince me, convince me. And I've been convinced. People have told me things that have been like, yeah, that. That I doesn't can't make wait for sense this otherwise. Like this I, this oh, is the type my, of shit I want to hear. My like, buddy that I'm doing it with uh, is a great guy, Colin West. He runs an yes. awesome uh, promotion out of New Jersey called Synergy. And we're going to do a hot take episode. And that's, I, Colin, if you're listening, I know you said you wanted to be surprised with the questions, but I'm telling you right now. Montreal Screwjob. <laughs> Just prepare. That's the only spoiler I'm going to give you. There you go. That's the spoiler. But all right, now that we have set the parameters for what a holy shit moment is, I want to get in to our top 10 list. We went back, we we, we watched these, mm -hmm. we ranked these, we cut a lot out. It was hard. It was. There was like, what, close to 20? Tw I think there it was, was over 20, 20. I think but it was like 21, yeah. 22, and we, yeah, we cut them down. Um, and before we get into it, I'm going to give a quick honorable mention uh, if there was a number 11 on this list, it would be Roddy Piper smashing the coconut over Jimmy Snuka's head. 
which happened on March 28th of 1984. And I'm going to be very, very um, blunt and say the reason this is not on my top 10 list is because I'm not old enough to remember it. And that's a shitty thing for someone that prides <laughs> themselves on wrestling history. But I'm aware of its importance. It still looks cool today. We watched it yes. today. It, it still is visually wow. But it's not anything that I can go into great detail in as far as why it was super uh, right. relevant, how it changed my perception of anything. Right. I, I didn't know of it until you showed me it today. And right. just seeing it for the first time, I'm like, holy shit, my man, there you know, go. busting a coconut over his head and then continue to like berate him afterwards. It's like, that's like, that's Piper. That's, that's humor. Piper. That's, you know, that's good stuff. That's, and, that's Piper defined. Yeah. And um, for the time too, 84, 84. you know, that's like, this is before the first WrestleMania. Yeah. See, that's, this is when you still couldn't get in a car with a guy. If you were a bad guy and he was right. Bad. You were not even like, if you were committed. fighting each other. Right. You're just never seen together. You're never, yeah. Hulk Hogan cannot be in the car with fucking Boris Zukov. Hulk Hogan's not working with Boris Zukov. Boris Zukov is a glorified curtain jerker. (laughs) You know what I mean? Hulk Hogan is the main event. They're never going to be in the same, you know, ring Right, unless he's he's carrying his bag. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, this is at a time when that kayfabe was so important. Right. And that to me, was like the heel of the 80s. As much as I love heel Macho Man, the heel of the 80s is Roddy Piper. And, and I, I appreciate that word. Like that, that's some good, like, and look at word how many, for heel time. And look at how many people he influenced. Yeah. Look at, fuck, look at CM Punk. Look at Kevin Owens. Tell me they weren't influenced heavily by Roddy Piper. I'm sure they sat there and watched, you know, Roddy Piper, you know, Piper's Pit over and over, just, you know, just thinking about how, they, how what can I pick up on, or just, you know, just their own spin on what it. What would I do if about, I were this? Right, yes. you know, yeah. how would I spin, you know, yeah. get at this guy, and it's yeah. just, that's, it's those wheels turning, you know, and it's, totally. if you want it, you go and get it, so. Yeah. And that's, so yeah, that's an honorable mention. Um, it definitely deserves to be on this podcast, but neither of us, I think, are knowledgeable enough to really talk about it. Right. I appreciate it for sure. It's definitely going to, I'll, I'll, having, you know, learned of it today, I'll definitely reference it more. You yeah. Know, like, like, yeah. And that's the beauty. That's, and that's what makes a holy shit moment. Yeah. Something you're going to bring up. This reminds me of that. Right, right. This, these I've are the seen, holy shit you know, moments. We've seen food fights and we've seen people get hit with random objects, you know. Right. Obviously, you know, Stone Cold and Booker T in the grocery store. You sure. know, we watched that one, you know, that was that was debated for a little bit, but it's you know, going just like I said, just original moment, hey, I wanna bust a coconut over this guy's head and yeah. just go at it with him. It's yeah, it's crazy. And by the way, I wanna say I, I don't think too many people listening to this podcast um were watching wrestling before me, but if you are or if you're just a huge wrestling historian, if you know of a moment like that, that was before yeah. that happened. I'd love to know about it. Please reach out to me on Facebook or Twitter at Closet Champ and let me know. Like I said, I love to be wrong. I love when you guys let you know interact with me. But to my knowledge, that was like like the first time really using a prop like that. Mm-hmm. Like, because normally if you're going to hit someone with an object, it's a chair or it's the belt or you know, like it, there's a few things that they always use. But like a random 
object like that yeah. to be used. Not, not like that one that's hard as a coconut. Hard as a coconut. That's a literal <laughs> thing. It's as hard as a coconut, right. and that's what he used. And if you look at the way that that broke, that was not a that was not a that was not it a Hollywood worked. coconut. It was, yeah, it wasn't. You could eat that coconut. Yeah, and well, he snuck a dish. Snuck a he, 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 <laughs> he ate it. He ate it with the side of his oh, face, yeah. but he ate it. Yeah. Um, so that's our honorable mention. Uh, number 10, the official list beginning for holy shit moments is something that you brought up to me recently mm -hmm. and I am embarrassed to admit I forgot about, but as soon as you said it, I'm like, this has to be on the list. <laughs> uh, it was raw February 2nd, 1998. We are fresh. We are in the attitude era. We're not, I wouldn't say we're balls deep in it. No, we we're getting gritty in, though. We, we are, are getting, getting gritty. gritty. And uh, there's this new team coming up that's been causing havoc for a little while. They're just about to sort of be officially members of DX about three months later, right after WrestleMania. It's the New Age Outlaws, and they are currently in a feud with Cactus Jack, better known as Dude Love, better known as Mick Foley, better known as Mankind, better known as AKA a thousand other things, <laughs> and Chainsaw Charlie, better known as Terry Funk. And they've been going back and forth for a while. The outlaws are these very punkish, right? Like the uh, I, the anti you know, counterculture, counterculture, you know. South Park. Yeah, love, yeah. You know, they would wear Cartman shirts. Oh, yeah. and stuff. Very, yeah, very counterculture. And they're in the ring with these two crazy guys for a while. And we get this moment where, for whatever reason, because they're crazy. Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie are fighting each other. Right, they're a tag team at this they're time. They're a tag team. Which, I mean, I, I appreciate the fact that we can just have a random, okay, let's have a hardcore match. And they, it, according to, you know, kayfabe, they wanted it. Right. They asked for right. it. Right, they asked for it. And these are the kind of people we're dealing with. Right. So they're very, and it's a hardcore match, they're very extreme, they're very, they'll do anything. This is what you advice. expect from, you know, Cactus Jack, you sure. know, uh, Chainsaw Charlie, if you know anything about these guys, you know, yeah. uh, prior to... Oh, barbed uh, wire matches, right. you know, going through glass, all that Just stuff. ridiculous stuff. Crazy stuff. stuff. You know, it's, you think about now, you're just like, I, 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 I would feel that for weeks. How the hell oh, they, right. you know? Yeah, yeah, to, yeah, N insane spots. But on this moment, on this February 2nd Raw, what happens is they find themselves in a spot where they're both in a dumpster. And as soon as... Oh, Mick willingly do, jumps willingly into jumps dumpster. Willingly jumps into dumpster. An elbow, elbow drop. drop. Yes. yes, it was a good elbow drop, too. Mick Foley has an underrated <laughs> good elbow form. drop. Good form. Good form. Uh, ends up in the dumpster with Chainsaw Charlie, and out of nowhere, here come the New Age Outlaws. Yes. And these guys are, at best... Solid mid carters, if yeah. not lower mid carters, at the time. This is their first real push as a team. Yeah, they're gonna. They're this. This is one of those like, all right, what are we gonna do here? You know, where is this going? You know, it's something to try out. And yeah, they they try, try it out. See, you know, throw pasta to the fridge, see if it sticks. And they put them in the dumpster. They zip tie it, or they they they, they rope, rope tie it. it. They rope tie it off. And they're on the stage at this time, and they take this dumpster, and they push it over the edge they of the stage. They contemplated. They were going to go... It looked like they were going to go... They were going to push it down toward down the ramp. Down the ramp. ring. Which, yeah. Which, which, would, which be, would be crazy in and of right, itself. Right. Because, hey, you know, it's probably going to turn over and flip sure. over or whatever. So. Smack into the ring. Right. Um, but no. They decide we're going to go off the ring. Right, right over the, the edge. Um, which, you know, having watched it, you know, moments ago... That's a hell of a bump. That's a huge bump. That's a hell of a bump. There, that, that is, I'm sure there's, you know, you see the little styrofoam peanuts and stuff. Yeah. Fly up. 
Like they have stuff in there to quote unquote protect them, but you go off the edge, the it does a ninety degree flip. Right. It lands on its side. Right. You know, it doesn't land on you face know, down or face, you know yeah. lid down lid or down. lid up yeah. or anything it, like it, that. It lands on its side. These guys took a huge bump. Yeah. Think and, about if that lid had popped open. You right. Know, those guys spill out and then, you know, it's... The dumpster goes over. Anything could go wrong. You know, that's what makes a holy shit moment. It's Absolutely. like, hey, this could have gone wrong in so many ways. Absolutely. You know? That is definitely one. And again, there's two guys in that ring who have... Or, in, excuse me, in that dumpster who have put themselves through so much. Yes. And to take that spot at any age, at any level of putting your body through crap is is scary. But then to have Terry Funk, who was probably at, I'm being very generous in saying maybe he was in his late forties. He was. Prob- oh, I would say fifty. I would say he's I, probably already in his fifties. Yeah. Like I said, I'm being very yeah, nice. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and Mick Foley was not that old at the time, but you look at Mick Foley's WCW and ECW and New Japan runs. He's like, like Mick, your body's like. Oh yeah, he's got stop. the body of an eighty year old. Yeah, like, yeah. So to yeah, do- I love him. I mean, oh, absolutely. Yeah, but that was a great moment, and that, I think, is definitely a holy shit moment where you have that element of danger. Yes. You have that element of surprise, and it's original. It yes. kind of clicks all three boxes. It, it's a good way to start the list. It's a good way to start the list. Um, and I'd say maybe the only reason why it's not higher on the list is, like I said, at that time, you've got essentially four mid-carters. Yeah, but this definitely put the New Age Outlaws on the map. On the map. So, like, it made These them. guys are crazy. You know, this is, you know... What are they going to do next? Yeah. You know, what are they capable of? And then, you know, obviously aligning themselves with, you know, DX, you know, that, you know, forming that. Then it's like, okay, sky's the limit. These guys are capable, you know, they're, they're going to tear, the, the, they're gonna tear the place down. You become know? one of the best tag teams ever. Yes. The best, I think, maybe one of the best, when we do best entrances. That's definitely, oh, definitely up there. Um, up there. I, I would definitely say, yeah, you could throw them up there for, you know, in debate of best tag team. You know how many times they've you champs know, and champs and major storylines, yeah, yeah. storylines. You know it's it's debatable. Yeah, it's we'll see. We'll definitely do a top tag teams. I'm I've surprised got, you a, haven't done it already. I well, know you're you know, a fan. I'm a huge fan, but that's the thing. I've got so many subjects that that's, I've been saving because you got to pace that shit. You out. have to pace. You, you gotta you gotta I mean? keep your listeners. You know you Absolutely. gotta keep them wanting. You gotta know? keep them wanting. Gotta keep you wanting more. Gotta yeah. get you back to the podcast. give them that fix. You know, and then keep yeah. them, you know. Get them I gotta check off's gun it. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I'm going to talk about it no now. No elements of surprise, you know? Yeah. No, nothing left out. I'm going to I'm gonna talk about it now, and I'm going to do it in a month. There you, you know? go. And there you go. Um, so that kicks off our list. Number nine on the list, not a, again, this is not a wrestling match moment, mm-hmm. but it is Jake Roberts uh, unleashing his Cobra on Randy Savage. This happened on the November 23rd, 1991 episode of, I believe it was Superstars of Wrestling, might have been wrestling classic, but it was one of those Saturday morning kind of shows. And that to me plays a big role in it being on this list. So at the time for a little bit of background, because I know a lot of my listeners were not watching in 1991, Jake Roberts had turned heel earlier that year, way earlier that year. Um, and was, he had feuded with the undertaker and we got to see a very dark side of Jake Roberts, um, he had his main snake was a uh, boa constrictor named Damien that was kayfabe killed by Earthquake when Earthquake did like the Earthquake squash. If you're familiar with Yokozuna, it was kind of like a bonsai drop. Right. It wasn't off the rope. It was like running middle of the ring. Okay. And so he kills Damien and this breaks Jake Roberts. And we don't see Jake Roberts for a long time. 
Jake Roberts comes back. He's very jaded. He's very dark. He's very bitter. Like I said, he starts shit with The Undertaker, which is a bad move. Right, that's a bold... Whether, that's a bold, bold move, Cotton. Uh, <laughs> see if it pays off for him. It does not. But he he continues this great heel run, does arguably the best mic work of his career, which is saying a lot for Jake Roberts. And he enters into this feud with Randy Savage. And it starts with, I talked about on my um, best on-screen couple moments, Randy Savage and Liz get married. Well, that happens at SummerSlam of 91. And so going into this fall now, this because this happens in November, Jake Roberts decides for a wedding present, he's going to give them at their reception a King Cobra. That's just in a box, and they don't know it. So Liz opens the box. She freaks out. Right. Understandably so. It's a Cobra. Um, and Randy Savage is obviously enraged by this. Randy Savage doesn't have a great temper, especially when it comes to fucking with his woman. He goes on to just beat Jake Roberts every chance he gets. Every time he sees Jake Roberts, he it's jumps just, him. He's out of control. Right. He's out of control, it's, it's crazy just... Macho Man. So Macho Man gets suspended. Actually, like indefinitely suspended. You reinstate Macho Man. Yes, hashtag. <laughs> if there were, if Twitter was around in '91, hashtag yes, reinstate would, that Macho would be a Man thing. would be trending. So Savage is he can't put his hands on anybody. Right. He can't He's... do any of this. Well, Jake Roberts sees this as the perfect opportunity to just poke the bear and just needle Randy Savage. So there's this episode. This sat like I'm not joking. It was like yeah, Saturday, Saturday morning, I'm like not... 11 a.m. Yeah. You're watching wrestling. You're watching Hulk Hogan beat somebody with no name. You're, yeah. You know, you're watching the Rockers. You're watching all this stuff. Then all of a sudden, here's this moment where we've got Jake Roberts in the ring wearing these, like, snake handler gloves. Like, these, like, bulletproof, bite-proof, like what a, a, someone would wear training a canine dog. Also, yeah, or like a falconeer would hold. Fal- yes, know? exactly, yeah. what a falconeer would hold. That's a better way to describe it. <laughs> Holding this, wearing this glove, and Randy Savage is on commentary... And he's poking the bear. Yeah. And he's trying to get Randy Savage to the ring. And he's yeah. trying to. And Vince McMahon is telling him, no, no, no. Piper's trying to Piper's tell him. Piper's calm, calming him down. You're, you're suspended. This could be the end of your career. Don't do anything. Right. You're trying to get back. Don't start yeah. shit. Jake's just, you know, I thought you were a man. Yeah. Why don't you borrow Roddy's skirt? Yeah, skirt, you know, and yeah. then macho, you know, I'm just going to get a closer look. Yep, stand you know, behind, yeah. standing up. Yeah. And in this, I, as we were watching this, um, like, like I mentioned, you know, I love camera. Camera. The camera work in this promo, if you guys, you know, I don't know if people are, you know, fans of pro, like, just this camera work while this is going on, this shot behind the cam- the commentary team right. showing Jake in the ring yep. is such a beautiful shot. It's great. You don't see it anymore. I, it's something I would love for them to replicate. You know, totally. not do all the time, but just throw back every once in a while when it's a good promo. Well, and especially in those moments because though it's set up... For a long time, you couldn't do it because they were sitting ringside. Right, right. But Raw, at least, now is doing yes. it where they're sitting essentially where those commentators right. they're, are They're sitting. segregated. They're off, you know, yeah. way away they're from the action. You know, so you could benefit from a shot like that. You know? You've got a match where someone is like, like they always have the person guest yeah. announcing yes. for the person whose feud they're in. You know, Charlotte's on the mic because Bailey's in the ring and they're about to have a big blow off. Yeah. You know, this is a perfect time. You could use that angle. And it, it just, it affects it. Like, Jake's 
close, but he's far away. Right. It's it's beautiful because you're still hearing him talk, but then you're getting the visuals of what's going on, the reaction to Macho, like getting needled and everything. So you're seeing it unfold like together, and yeah. you don't get that anymore because it's now it's always and you you even notice there's a couple quick cuts, you know, during this, but it's not as blatant. No, as it is in today's you know recording. So it's, it's bam, just bam, 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 bam. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's just I I loved it. You know, it was one of the things I it's noticed. Great. It, yeah, it sets it up. So yeah, if you go yeah, back, get back to the actual moments. <laughs> no, but I'm with you. And if you go back and watch it, I encourage you. You can pull up the two minute YouTube clip yeah, yeah. where he's in the ring. But if you have the WWE Network, it's worth it to go back, find it live. If you just type in Jake Roberts Cobra, or if you go on the fifty OMG moments yep. that they did, um, it's under it like do- originals documentaries. Or something? Uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, no, I I want to say maybe. 20 was, I can't it, say. Oh, it was because we were bouncing back. We yeah. were bouncing back. I honestly, I can't say. I think it was closer to the. It 20s. was in the twenties, yeah. Um, but I, I don't know for what transpires. It's it's sick. Yeah. So Jake lures Savage into the ring, jumps him. The ref is trying to prevent Savage from getting into yep. the ring because he doesn't want Macho Man to. Right, he's trying to protect him. He's trying to protect him. Don't you know? Don't just lay off. Right. And Savage can't. Jake cheap shots him. <laughs> Gets him in the ring, gets him hooked between the bottom and middle rope, yep. and then pulls out from under the ring this bag. And if you know Jake Roberts long enough, you know it's in that bag. You know it's in the bag, but Damien's not in this bag. Right. Damien's gone. Damien's long gone. What comes out but a King Cobra? We assume the same King right. Cobra from the, the reception. And even when Jake's holding it, this snake is like quasi erect looking for something this right. this he's, snake is hungry yeah he's pissed he, he wants, is pissed yeah. this snake is pissed this is not a docile tranquilized yeah. snake this is a very very live snake and there is a quick cut on savage's arm and you see the snake just chomp just down and, and not just latch but he's like biting. Yeah. he's yeah. chewing He's chewing on Macho Macho's Man's arm. arm. Yeah. He and draws. Macho's just, just writhing in pain. You know? Kids are crying. Kids are crying. But Jake Roberts, he's just maniacal. He's laughing. He's, he's laughing. He's got this look on his face like he's just like this he's is. He's so happy. He's so happy. This is what you get. You, you fell, fell for you it. You fell for it. You, you know, fell and Macho's for it. just writhing in pain. Yeah, this could uh, be the end of Macho. Yeah, right? you know, he's selling it. He's, yep. you know, he's poisoned. Yeah, you know, he's, he's the poison. Like, yeah, he's got to get him out of there. It's, it's, it's good stuff. For, it's really good for stuff. For a Saturday morning in like 91, like. You, you talk about trailblazing a, yeah that's trailblazing. A, and it's not been replicated it's original no. you know when have you seen another snake you know right they don't really use animals in general no anymore. I don't think they want to you know deal with that flack which well, I can't and I think after the uh, the the dog prison from hell Al Snow big boss man match that was a disaster yeah I don't think they've done much with animals since other then. than dog food yeah, it doesn't count. Yeah, I know. The big dog's not a real dog. Um, but that was definitely a holy shit moment, especially for its time. Yes. It may have just been another segment in the Attitude Era, but to do that in 1991... Yes, on a Saturday. On Saturday morning. Saturday you're, you're morning. You were just looking to scar some children. 90% of your audience is kids. Yeah. This is the, they even still... I don't think they still had it, but there was even primetime wrestling where you may mm. be able to get away with more of that stuff, where there was more... Not adult content but it was Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon right. so they were like there was more ribbing more 
innuendo, innuendo yeah. mean, sort of being mean spirited right, stuff right, right. going on. But this is Saturday morning stuff. Yeah. This is wholesome. Good guys are going over. Every time. <laughs> and this good guy did not go away. Well, he, he went over and away. Right. Um, but yeah, it was a great holy shit moment. Yeah. It was a great moment for Savage. Um, one of great his one la- for Jake. Just great one for Jake. One of Jake's last big moments. He was the victim of Austin 316. Was he? Yeah. yeah. yeah he was right. the one that Austin beat. Yeah, because yeah. he was he found Jesus at that right. point. Right. And uh, Austin did not. He did not, no. But yeah, great moment for both of them. Totally a holy shit moment. Number eight on the list. Uh, again, this is a major throwback. This happens mm-hmm. just two months actually after the Jake Roberts bite. It is Shawn Michaels throwing Marty Jannetty through the barbershop window. January 11th, 1992. This is another, I believe, Superstars of Wrestling. This is another Saturday morning moment. And this is a moment where we are leading up. If you listen to my Shawn Michaels podcast, we talked about this in depth. So I'm not going to talk about it in depth here. And I also want to keep this keep list it. going. I know that we, we tend to uh, get sidetracked and talk about stuff. But so all I'll say for this moment, the reason why it's a holy shit moment is at this time, stories take a long time to develop. Things don't happen nearly as quickly as they would start to happen in the new generation or especially in the Attitude Era. We don't have goldfish memories here. We do not have goldfish memories. These are long builds. These are major moments. And this is a major heel turn that, to me, was probably the biggest heel turn since Andre leading up to WrestleMania three, which was 1987. And now we're talking almost five years later. And here is the breakup of probably the most over- babyface tag team at the time uh, in the Rockers. And we've got this great moment where we think they've reunited. Shawn Michaels puts on the fake face. Um, The commentary, by the way, is brilliant. It's so good. Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon 2020. Um, Yeah, they're so good. I could go back and watch, you know, old school wrestling just to hear them. Oh. Go back and chirp. Oh, yeah. Back and forth and just... their, you know, insight on things. It's another level. You know, it really is. Guys, you know, like Corey Graves tries to throw back to that, you know. And, and he's good. He's Corey good. Graves no, is good. No, you know, and then each commentary team has a little bit that I like from I want to say any of the current ones are perfect. But that's a whole nother discussion. But those guys, man, just a whole nother level. They were perfect. And they really elevated that moment. Um, you hear the this, there's a credible moment as soon as Marty gets kicked where this woman screams from yeah. the audience and I don't know if they mic'd her or she was just that I don't loud. know because I've you know I've heard it is one of those like it, I think that's genuine I do too because of uh, for that time for it to happen like yeah. that's because you also hear commotion you know while everything yeah going yeah, on, you yeah. Know, like, over the commentary yeah so you hear people like I'm I'm if I'm talking. Saying, there was like f bomb somewhere in there I um, yeah wouldn't so be surprised it's just one of those like like you said that's like holy shit yeah you know this happened right. but like for him to do it not only to you know super kick him but then to you know for Janetti to cowardly yeah. out, the <laughs> out the window he tried to dive out the window <sighs> in an act of cowardice God it's so good Bobby Heenan's amazing. Um, that's definitely a holy shit moment that was a huge moment for me too as a kid because the Rockers at that time this is 91 I'm Mm -hmm. 4 turning 5 the Rockers are the coolest thing on the planet to me and Shawn Michaels specifically was always my guy 
And so this was a very difficult thing for me to try to wrap my little brain around. Because <laughs> I started watching wrestling. I never discussed this either. I started watching wrestling when I was two years old. Oh, wow. My uncle sat me down and I started watching it. I obviously don't have those memories. Right, but you know it's of the thing. Like, and I was watching. I right. don't have 1989 memories, but that was happening. I have 1991 memories. I remember this happening. Okay. And I remember not knowing... What to feel. What like, to what feel. Because I loved Shawn Michaels and I loved the Rockers and that was a big deal and that kind of broke my heart. It set up Shawn Michaels' run. It gave him that mid-card singles push right out of the gate. He didn't have to job. He didn't have to flounder. He had an immediate identity. He had this immediate heat that if you break them up in any other way and what I'll go back to real quick and why this is such an important holy shit moment is if I go back to um, Rick Martel leaving Tito Santana in the middle of a match, that's a big heel turn. That was a feud that went on forever, much the same way Janetti and Michaels went on for a long time, but it didn't have that long-term impact. The way that, that didn't set either Rick Martel or Tito Santana up for an, an intercontinental yeah, like decades push. Or, yeah, right. Yeah, you know. Like that was not, that did not If we don't get this careers. turn, we don't get the Heartbreak Kid, we don't get these memorable matches, you know, years It was later. 92, 93. Right. Yeah. You know, everything on. So, I mean, this, this is what makes it a holy shit moment because without this, we don't get, you know, Taker, Shawn Michaels. Right. We don't this get sets everything up. Michaels, Flair, you know, anything like that. This you know? sets everything up. It's, it's one of those defining heel turn moments. You know, totally. we, we get them you know all the time you know yeah, these now. days um but it's it's kind of one of those like it's set the tone you it know? totally like, totally you know who's who can top this you know how does it you know it's yeah, leaving your partner in the middle of the match is no longer good enough right because he just fucking sucker punched this guy threw him through a window did all this crazy stuff like it and it really burned into your memory yeah. and it, it like you said it broke your heart it did what it was supposed to do it yep. changed the game yep. so it's like holy shit definitely where are we going shit. from here especially at that time where do we go from here yeah you know yep it was it was really really great uh number seven on this list is a more recent edition probably i think our most recent edition on the list yeah. uh it is shane mcmahon returning after a what <sighs> Close to 10 years. I would say 10 if I had to throw a dart at it. About a 10-year absence. He returns on Monday Night Raw, February 22nd, 2016, in the Joe Louis Arena, Detroit, Michigan. Luke, you were actually there for the event. It was was a hell of a moment. Uh, That's, I would say, the biggest pop, you know, the biggest reaction I've ever been a part of. Yeah. Uh, Going to that event, you know, we, we were talking about, you know, you know, reading the dirt sheets that day or the day before, you know, there's rumors that, you know, some sort of return was going to happen. I couldn't say who. I know Shane's name did pop up, but it was like one of the lower, you know, odds or yeah. I guess you would say. Um, and it was just one of those like that anticipation of going to the show, like, okay, what can happen? You know, right. we hadn't had that in a while. You know, we've had a couple Raws or whatever, but it was, you know, they were cool. But it was just one of those like, holy shit, what can happen? You know, so now so we get the starting segment, you know, with. 
uh, Stephanie and Vince, Vince and Stephanie. you know, doing the award. Doing their self... Uh, the self-high-five, yeah. basically. You know, the, you know, how good are we? The pat right. on the back. And you're, you know, obviously we're heated at this point because sure. we're over this. Oh, yeah. And know? if you go back and watch this, you're like, the crowd is booing from minute yeah. one. I, I always just... love it when, you know, a crowd, especially at home, you know, when we show up, you know, to, whether it's, you know, for cheering or for jeering, you know, I, I want it to be loud, you know. Yeah. Um, so it was, voices were being heard, obviously. And then, um, you know, when they go to announce the award or, you know, how, you know, it's going down and you hear that, uh, you know, here comes the money. It, uh, everything kind of stopped for a second. And yeah. It, it stops long. It doesn't stop as long as you think. You know? Right, right. But in the moment, you're just like, you're like, holy shit. Wait, Time stands still. Almost. Yeah. And it, like, you're processing it. Like, I know this music. I know who this belongs to. And then you like come back and you're just like, you just erupt because you don't. It all hits you at once. You're just like that emotion of like, holy shit, yeah. you know, and you get out of your seat and just everyone erupted. You it's know? so cool. It was it, just rewatching it, you know, here it was, it gave me goosebumps. Yeah. You know, because I think about the, you know, reaction, you know, you just pop, you know, yeah. you pop and then, you know, for what, it was a couple minutes, he doesn't say anything, you know, the crowd's oh, just oh, going, they're you know, cheering, then they're doing the holy shit. Holy shit, this like, is awesome, yeah. you know. It's, yeah, it's definitely um, a moment and you actually said, because you were in the audience that night, yeah. that's been established and you said that something cool happened that yeah. the TV audience didn't see. Yeah, the TV audience, you know, uh, which sucks now because, I mean, it's good, but you can actually watch it online. But, you know, Shane came out at one point, you know, after this happened, and you could tell, like, he was really sincere about it. You know, he was uh, speaking from the heart, and he came out and basically told us, you know, it was like, I've never had that reaction. I've never had a, you know, pop like that. You know, it means the world to me. Yeah. You know, so... That was cool to be a part of that. You know, sure. it, it just, you know, you, you get through. There's that element of, of sincerity. Sincerity, so, yeah. like it was a moment. You it, knew was a it was moment. a moment. You, know, you, you like knew a, in the moment that you were having a moment. Yeah, it was one true. of those like, holy shit, like this is cool. So yeah. if anybody was at that, you know, or didn't get to see, you know, they got, saw it on TV, but they didn't get to see that happen. I'm sure it is online. You can check it out. It's really cool because it's one, it, it breaks the fourth wall. Yeah. You know, it's. One of those, like, yeah, we know it's real, but there's, you know, it's, it's, it's wrestling, work, but yeah. it's like, damn, that we made an impact. That's things always, matter. Yes, yes. yes. And that's one of the things that I love about pro wrestling, too, is that you have, unlike, like, you can cheer as loud as you want for your favorite quarterback or point guard, but at the end of the day, if they can trade them away for more money or for a better option, that's going to happen. Yeah. In wrestling, what the audience thinks really, it's really it's, matters. Yeah. It has way more weight than most. Yeah. Any other, like any other money makes re, any other unscripted sport, right. as we'll say. Right. Um, it's this lets people know. This lets the decision makers know this is something that's really important. This is something that's going to make us money in the future. Right. And we get to have a direct let's, influence over let's that. Let's please them. We're and not we, always, we're not right. always going to get our way. No. And, <laughs> oh my God, I don't even say we majority right. get our way. But what we I will have, say... We do have some sway. We do have right, some We influence. do. And what I will say, and I can't, you know, I can't say this with literal knowledge, but I would be willing to bet that the plan for Shane McMahon's return 
was not for um, like four years. No. After that. No. But I think that that moment set the tone of yes. we can really do something like, like this. Like, holy shit, we got This it. is not a one-off. Yeah. And this is not a three-month And run. we did get some really good moments. We got great Shane McMahon you know, moments. I mean, one that we Face- debated... One that we debated that didn't make this list, but was, you know, contested was uh, Helen Self, which yeah. also at DJ, you know, at, at uh, in Detroit. Little Caesars Arena this time. Correct. 2018. Uh, yes. But, I mean, Shane going off the top of the cell to, on a, you know, attacks. at 50 years old. At 50 years old, nothing this man won't jump jump off of. <laughs> um, you know, that's, it was a hell of a spot. It really like, was. I was there for that one as well. Like, You're lucky. Key. I wasn't there for that uh, I mean, I have no timing reason. was everything for that one. I don't know why I wasn't there. I know I wasn't there for the Raw because at that point, I was really, really, really jaded by mm. TV taping events. And I said, I'm not going to go because the last one I had went to before that was the Brock Lesnar contract signing. Oh, God. That was the most painful yeah. four hours of my life because, of course, I was there for main event right um that was one of the longest four hours of my life almost nothing on that entire is memorable where you're like i want to talk it's about so it. bad and that i'm i'm kind of right there with you right now that's why i'd rather go to like the nxt live events or totally um you know just raw or uh, smackdown live events because i don't have to it cuts the fat it does it i don't have to fat. worry about the downtime i don't yeah. have to worry about commercials yeah. or you know anything like that or but, people getting their shit you know sure but right. the flip side of that is that moment is not going to happen in a live right. event. Right, right. You, you may know? get your once every five years a title will change at a live event. Well, and I did get, I don't, oh. so I have to say, I don't know if you were there for this, but before, this was like 2013, um, maybe 2012, remember the Outlaws came back for a while and they were changed? I was not at that one. I was there. Nice. I yeah, was there. I know uh, that was their first return. That's really. They did three house shows before they ended up on Raw. Okay. And Detroit was the first that's one. That's awesome. That was very cool. Yeah, I don't know why I wasn't at that one, but I remember because Tony was really uh, excited about that. One. Yeah. So that, oh god, that was so good. That was yeah. that was a great moment. Um, but yeah, that's uh, Shane McMahon returning is definitely like I said, I wasn't there, but it's the loudest pop that I have seen on TV. That's ever, crazy. Ever. It's it, it's a like I said, it's a goosebump inducing moment for me for sure. That's awesome. Uh, number six on our list is a, another event that happens in Detroit <laughs> because good shit happens in Detroit. Right. If you want to, if you have the ability to go to a show, to me, there's four cities to see a show: New York. Detroit, Chicago, Philadelphia. Okay. Shit is going to happen. It may not be good shit. Right. It so might be the 2015 Royal Rumble, but it's memorable moments, good or bad, happen in those cities. Yeah. And we are so lucky to be living in one of those cities. And this is another moment that happened in the city. One of the funnest moments yes. ever. And that's Stone Cold Steve Austin ruining the championship awarding <laughs> ceremony that Vince McMahon was having by driving a goddamn Zamboni to the ring and moving the whole ring a good foot, oh, yeah. foot he, and a half. He, there was a path of destruction. There you was, know, like, <laughs> that's he per- took down, perfect description. Yeah, you know, took down anything in his way, um, made it out with the Zamboni, which obviously it being, you know, right in the, the like hockey town. It's hockey know, town. It's That's the thing. Like That's the that trip. whole area. It's just And like, this was 98. Right. This was so, part of their back to back Right. So we're talking like, you know. Four this, finals in five years, something like that. Uh, Three was, finals in four years. 
was it? Because they made ninety four. Fin- they made them finals in ninety four. They lost to the Devils. The Devils. Okay. So I hate that I remember that as a kid. Ninety four, ninety seven, ninety eight, and then two thousand two. Yes. So four championship appearances, two titles in a eight year span, yeah. and we're smack dab in the middle of that. Yeah. So this is hockey town. Yeah. This is Detroit, and what is more synonymous? Besides a fucking goalie mask, right? Then a Zamboni, right? And you're, you know, the hottest star, you know, your guy. Oh, ninety-eight Austin. Yeah, you put, no you one's put those more two over. together. It's you, you, you have a powder keg ready to go off, and that's Iconic exactly what happened. Moment. You know, you talk about I would have been twelve at the time. Yeah, you know, me being in that crowd. I would have lost my shit, you know? Like, imagine whoever was there. Not, like, that's a hell of a moment. That's a, another incredible moment. And it's a moment that has been tried to be replicated multiple times. Sure. And oh, that's, it's the beer truck, the right. milk truck. Right, that sets the standard. Yeah. You know, like... Again, this, this is an original. Original moment, you know? It's not, a, it's not a, you know, uh, just, you know, it's not a... Um, What's uh, what am I looking for? You know, hey, I'm about to hurt myself. You know, put yeah, my body but, on the line moment. Right. No. Still, you know, hey, but it doesn't have to be ocean right. moments. Don't have to be that. Like I said, that's one element. It's a game but changer. It's a game changer. It's element of surprise. Yep. Because who the fuck saw that coming? And it's original. Right. When's the, when did anyone ever drive a vehicle? A, to the ring, a couple moments. Honky Tonk Man drove a pink Cadillac to the ring <laughs> at WrestleMania six. Okay. But to Fucking like, do it like an anti. Like it's a, a bump. Yeah, it's, it's a, a spot. Bump, yeah. It's it's, it's iconic. Spot. And it's, what more? Like it's so Austin anti-authority. Yes. Like it's it's really one of those few things that you say like, what would define Austin? Right. Arguably, the biggest star, un inarguably top five biggest stars. Arguably the biggest star of all time. And I think that's one of the moments that makes Stone Cold yes. Steve Austin. So that's that's going to be a moment that's always going to be referenced when you're bringing up Austin, whether it's crazy shit that he did or just, you know, mo- you know it's, it's it's quintessential Austin, I would it's say. It's quintessential and Austin. It, it, it just helps that it happened in it's Detroit. Yeah, you know, man. Peak, you know, hockey, you know, prime time. It's, it's yeah, awesome. that's not as cool if it happens in the Anaheim Ducks arena. Right, yeah. It's, you it, know, you're not, it's Detroit. It's, it's Detroit. What we it's were. just... And hopefully one day we'll be again. Uh, three to four years, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. I admire your optimism. I um, want into existence. <laughs> so that's definitely a holy shit moment. Um, number five on the list for holy shit moments. We're going back to actual in-ring competition. And this is if there ever was a match that involved a ladder that was more important than Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon. It is the triple threat ladder match, WrestleMania 17, uh, Dudley Boys, Hardy Boys, and Edge and Christian. We get a great moment where Jeff Hardy is swinging off of the belts. And thanks to Bubba Ray. Thanks to Bubba Ray, who pulls the ladder from just, underneath this, him. This goes here, just places it I'm in the corner. I'm just going to move this over here. <laughs> For no reason. You don't need Other it. Other than you're going to take this right. of a bump. Right, yeah. Why wouldn't Bubba Ray climb up the ladder himself? Right, right. I don't need these belts. <laughs> what I'm I need to do is... here for get... destruction. <laughs> and Edge climbs up this insanely tall ladder in the corner of the ring. What did you say, 20 feet? 20 foot, 20 foot ladder? All right, so here's an easy way to figure it out. The top from the mat 
to the top rope mm-hmm. is five feet. Okay. I would say this ladder is definitively over 15 feet. Okay. I don't know if it's 20 feet, but it's oh, definitely over definitely 15, over 15 okay. feet. Because it's definitely twice as high right, as right, the high top as rope. Ropes, yeah. So twice as high as the top rope. Jeff Hardy is dangling. There's right. nothing underneath them other than the mat. Yep. And Edge jumps off and spears he Jeff lands, Hardy. He Because he, you think about this. Like we said, you know, quarter inch one way, he misses. He's going towards the turnbuckle. Right. <laughs> he's he's springing towards he's the turnbuckle. He's flying, yeah. You know, and he's just landed square. Square. And he, he just spikes Jeff into yep. the mat. And like JR says, he looks like he's broken. You yeah. Know, he's, it's, he doesn't move for a couple minutes. You know, no. you're just like, holy shit. You know, I, I don't know how Jeff wasn't, you know, and we say this, I don't know how he wasn't, you know, broken. Yeah. You know, the injuries that he sustained, you know, that we don't know about, I'm sure. Right. That he's able to work through. Um, but damn, dude, that's a bump. That's, that's a huge and, bump. You know, you don't see guys taking that. You know, one, I don't even, I don't, and when's the last time somebody mm-hmm. even was dangling? Shh. A dangling moment, I know a few have happened. I don't think anyone took it. I think they were more of just like a clean fall. Just fall, okay. Um, there have been a few match. There was um, that Sheamus and the Money in the Bank match took a really nasty fall off the ladder okay. into another ladder. But Sin Cara, Fandango, Sin Cara, uh, all the uh, Selena uh, Del Sol. Yeah, Selena Sol. Thank you, yes. Selena Del Sol. Yeah. That's such a gnarly bump. That was a gnarly bump. But this one was, it's just, you're not protected. And again, this is another truly original moment. Yes. Where anytime anything like that happens now, what do we do? We're thinking about, we, hey, Jeff and, you know, We Edge. reference Jeff and Edge. And like I said, it's one of those, even if he he hits them where they land wrong, you know, you're right. 20 feet That's in the air. Thing, yeah. you're, See, you're hoping that I'm landing right. Right. You know, it's, Edge lands perfectly and he's obviously hitting the mat slightly before Jeff. So he's not under Jeff because right. that there's ends no, yeah. really bad. Like there's so many ways no, that can This could have went wrong. Yep. You know, thankfully it went as right as it could. As it could have. And to our knowledge, no one yeah. was seriously hurt. And that's, but that's that, number one point that we talked about the danger factor the like danger that, yeah. that is such a high danger factor yes. and that is such a holy shit moment um, I think most of my listeners are going to be familiar with that <laughs> but if you've been watching just gotten into it more recently last five six years definitely go back and check that out that's a huge huge moment alright so that is the top actually more than the top half of the list <laughs> that's number 10 through 5 we are now rolling into number 4 Number four is another more recent one on our list. This is uh, the only kind of moment of its kind because even though it had been done many times, the stage and the time and the place were so important. And that is Seth Rollins cashing in his Money in the Bank contract at WrestleMania. This is WrestleMania 31, March 29th, 2015. And it's iconic and holy shit moment for several reasons. One, like I said, it had never been done at WrestleMania before. Two, it was very out of the blue because that whole buildup was nothing but Roman and Brock and Seth was doing his own thing with Randy Orton. The 
anticipation wasn't there much the way that it was a couple years earlier with Dolph Ziggler, where everyone was expecting him to cash it in. This was definitely an element of surprise, where, I, to my knowledge, not many people were thinking the night was going to end with Seth Rollins cashing in his Money in the Bank contract. And number three, the reason why it's an holy shit moment and holy shit moment and so original is this was not done after a match. This was not done after someone was beaten down. This was done during the middle of a match, creating a triple threat match, which to my knowledge is the only time that the Money in the Bank contract has been used that way. I would have to agree, so I you know, would have to fact check, but yeah, it's it's a hell of a moment. It's it's a goosebump-inducing moment. Every time I watch it, it's one of those, you know, I think back, like, you know, where was I while I was watching it? Yeah. You know, uh, instantly jumping on my phone, like, holy shit, you know, I can't believe they did it. Like, it's happening. You know, because we didn't know, you know, yeah. was he going to win? You know, it's just like, oh, at first, it's just him cashing in. Right. Then, you know, you get the initial, you know, curve stomp, get Roman out of there, you know, like. Which is great. Yeah. Storytelling. Right. Smart. It's, what a, what, out, if, if this were real, which I always say, we know it's not real, but. Right. Why don't you at least... You, the whole premise is acting like it's real. Right. Why don't you use that logic, especially as a smart wrestler, to do things that make logical sense? Yes. This made logical sense. This was a triple threat match. So what does Seth Rollins do? He gets rid of one of the threat. He puts Roman out of the ring. It's okay. Hey, I know what I gotta do. I gotta take out... You know, I gotta take out Brock. Curb stomp. Goes for the second one. Oh no. F5. Oh wait. Out of it, oh, it's and, so and out of it because of Roman, which right. again was spear. Like spear. the only time I've wanted a spear, a spear. you know, <laughs> a Roman spear, right? A Roman spear, yeah. I've wanted plenty of edge and yes. spears, yes. Um, and then you know, just just that beautiful moment, you know, him at the top of the stage, at the top of the stage, just swing it, just oh my god, it's 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 a good just. Babyface wins at Mania. Was he babyface? No, he no, he was. That was Authority. Okay, because remember the Authority had turned on Randy Orton. That's right. That's right. And backed Seth. That's when they were clashing. That's right. And earlier match. Oh, that spot. That spot. And that earlier in the night. That too, I think, elevated this moment because earlier in the night, Seth takes a clean loss Mm -hmm. to Randy Orton, and all we're thinking about is okay. Here's the end of the Authority feud. Which it kind of was. So he's in a weird... This almost was... A face turn? A face turn. Huh. It was. So, I mean, it works. It really works. It's definitely a holy shit moment. Yeah. It's just one of those... Like I said, I'll definitely go back and watch that moment. You know, like, if I ever need to feel good, like, all right, what was a, like, moment in wrestling that I will always remember? Like, that one's going to stand out for sure. It's a great, great moment. So And like you said, it's been done, you know, the cash-ins and the... You sure. Never, you know, like that at Mania. Just, and for it to be Brock and Roman, you know, both guys that, you know, who can't lose, right? And for having big, them both. And big, so much of the... What WWE wants out of their top talent. Yeah. The size, the look, the strength... And then here comes undersized yep. Seth Rollins. He's got the look. He's got a great look. He's got the two-tone hair. Two-tone yeah. hair. Good-looking guy. He's ripped. He's athletic. He can do all the moves. But he's not, pardon the phrase, but he's not a beast. Yeah. And to give him this moment at WrestleMania when, like I said, 
I, during the point, that point in the night, I had completely forgotten about him. Seth Rollins and Randy Orton was like the second or third match. Yeah, sure. It was, you know, daytime. It, it was, was daytime. It was daytime. It was so long ago. And WrestleMania goes for like 37 hours now. So, but we can't make it two nights. Right. Um, goes so long. So I have completely forgotten about this. I've moved on. We all know Seth's still Mr. Money in the Bank, but right. the, his whole his storyline at that point is not I'm Mr. Money in the Bank. It's I'm feuding with the authority. Right. And I'm trying to prove my worth to Triple H. And the Money in the Bank contract is at this point a prop. Yeah, it's it well worn at this time. If you notice, so when he cashes in, it's very dented. You know, very it's been dented. Love that. You know, it wasn't okay. We got to switch it out. We got to make it look pristine at all times. It's no. so much better that it looked bad. Yeah, and as someone, I have to say, I was there for the Dean Ambrose <sighs> cash in twenty sixteen. That's one. If I had a like, if I would love to see, dude. Other other than you know that return, like this is very popular. I could go to Money and Bank. They sure. have it in fucking Cleveland or Chicago like every couple of years. Right. You know? God forbid we have a good pay per view. <laughs> not to say that we haven't had good ones. Nah, but not in a while. Not in a while. Hell in Cell. You know. Hell in Cell had the spot, but yeah. overall that card was not good. Oh, uh, wasn't it? And then before that was Night of, Champions, Night of Champions, which again ends in a great way. We get to see Daniel Bryan right. meet Randy Orton for the right, title. For a title. It's the first time I've ever seen a world same, heavyweight title same. change. Uh, in fact, I don't know if I've ever seen any other title change. I can't say that I have. Nothing changed at SummerSlam 93 that I went to. Nice. Nothing's changed. Ah, that was cool. Um, nothing changed at any of the Raw or SmackDowns right. I had been to. Yeah, for that to happen was, you know... It was a huge moment. It was mind-blowing, because it's like, holy shit, you know, like... And that's another one, where you look back on that card, that was a shit card. But that was a great uh, moment. Uh, CM Punk versus Paul Heyman. Heyman slash Michael, or I was about to say Michael McGillicuddy. (laughs) Woo! Someone's been watching their NXT NXT, season one. Um, Uh, Curtis Axel, yeah, that was... I mean, hey, I'm gonna see a CM Punk wrestle. You know, I'm not always, gonna complain. Oh, always you know? good. Um, RVD versus El Del Rio. I, the Mark and me, the hometown. I wanted RVD. So to win, bad, but so it, bad. You know, bring it home to Battle Creek. Right, bring it home to Battle Creek, baby. One of a kind. The uh, whole show. Oh like, God. And I want to say real quick, by the way, shout out to Rob Van Dam, who is. I'm not going to get into it because this is not a good time with the place. But if you look up what Rob Van Dam is doing with his life right now. <laughs> He's living his best life. Rob Van Dam is living his best life. Whether it's your best life or not, that's up to you to decide. But Rob Van Dam is living his best life. Yeah. And God bless him for it. Um, yeah, so we've really been blessed with uh, Detroit Moments. Seeing that title change was great, but Rollins doing that cash in at Yeah, and it's... That was San Francisco, right? I don't quote me. Pretty sure it was. I'd bet a dollar on it. I'd bet a dollar on it. I think first you got person, it. If, if, I'm, if I'm wrong, first person to prove me wrong, I will send you... Good you a dollar? No, I'm going to Western <laughs> Union you oh, a dollar because I'm old schooling it. Um, and you speak, work for it. You better go cash this Go thing. cash that. Go to Kroger. Go to that customer service line. <laughs> Um, and speaking of old school, we're going to number three. I'm very confident in saying this has never been done before, nor has it ever been done again. Raw, November 4th, 1996, which is very important to point out. Brian Pillman is in his house with his wife 
that Stone Cold Steve Austin has been threatening for months. This was a months-long feud. This was a this was a heel. You see, babyface versus babyface. You see the Ultimate Warrior versus Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You see Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose. How often do you see heel versus heel in a long segment yeah. that is not meant to turn either person? Brian Pillman is in his house defending his wife, and Stone Cold Steve Austin shows up, presumably to kill Brian Pillman or rape the wife or do whatever. We don't know. But <laughs> what we know, and I'm not, I'm not making a joke about that, this is November 96. This is before the Attitude Era, in right. my opinion. Some people say it started in June with the Austin 316. I don't think we're there yet, especially when you look at other stuff. That, okay, so this is November 96. Go watch the 1996 Survivor Series, which has a great finale, by the way, with uh, Shawn Michaels and Psycho Sid. But go watch that pay-per-view, and then go watch this segment on Raw, and tell me that's happening during the same time period. Because to me, it's not. This was one of the most incredibly real, incredibly uncomfortable violent, disturbing moments where Stone Cold Steve Austin forcibly breaks in to Brian Pillman's house to cause damage to him and his wife, and Brian Pillman reacts by pulling a loaded 9mm gun out of his waistband or the couch or whatever he's sitting on and firing several times. We hear the scream from Brian Pillman's wife. We hear glass shatter. We then cut and don't know what we're coming back to. This is, to me, as far as pre-produced segments go, one of the most disturbing real-life moments that I can think of happening in pro wrestling. It's definitely one of the kind. It's one it's of one a of kind. kind. Never it's... been done before, never been done since. No, I don't think uh, WWE, WWF, like any promotions, like, well, I wouldn't say any, definitely WWE is not reference gun, you know, like anything there, like that. No. Um, this is before they're a publicly traded company. Yeah. This is before the Monday Night Wars have really set off. The NWO just started. WCW just kind of took place because they started in July. Mm. Uh, and this is November, so they've been okay. around yeah, for a little while, but this is still pretty much the four. It's Hogan, Nash, Hall, and the Giant, and okay. maybe DiBiase. I don't even think Six was there yet. Uh, let's see, am I, I'm a little hazy with that. I'm hazy so too, but I would, again, I, maybe not $2, but I'd be, <laughs> roll that dollar over. All if right, I'm wrong on either of those, I'll give you a dollar. But this... Parlay. I'll parlay it. <laughs> um, this is a very early moment where WWF is really pushing the boundary of we're not... Our main audience is no longer your eight-year-old son. Right. We're not catering to, you know, the Saturday morning guy. Good guys no. are going over, you know, like everyone's going home happy, cheering. Like, There's nothing happy about this. Yeah, this is this is a Maury, Jerry Springer episode. Totally. At home, you know, totally, like it's, yeah. Is is like this is definitely a moment of the times, you know. Like this is definitely something I could see transpiring on cops or America's Most Wanted right, on the right, top, you know? right. And it's important to say for 
context, you talk about this would never happen in the WWE. I think it would never happen in the WWE for three reasons. One, most of the WWE's time has been spent actively promoting a PG agenda, yep. which I'm not for or against. That has nothing to do, but that's just the point. Right. They're not going to do it in this era for one. Number two, they're not going to do this because they're now a publicly traded company, and now public perception drives the value. It drives the bottom line. Yeah. For better, for worse, again, it drives the bottom line. And number three, this is November of 96. In April of 99, we get Columbine. Mm. I don't think anybody has taken on a gun-related incident in a manner that's designed strictly for entertainment. I've seen it. There was actually a great story arc toward the ends of Sons of Anarchy, where you've got a gun in a school. You've had yeah, yeah, that's you've right. yeah, right. you've had Law and Order episodes. You've had shit like that. But as far as a a prop to push a story, you know, as, yes, you know, like, you don't do it. No, you do not do it. So this happens at a very unique time for the WWF. I think actually. We were talking about this before we started recording. If you want to look at one of the major moments that you could say, this is the beginning of the Attitude Era, I think you got to look at the Pillman Gun and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely, you could say, it, it's not a jumping the shark. It's, this is it's when, not jumping the shark. Jumping the shark. This is when it goes off the rails. Yes. Like we go off the rails and it's like... But it's still a good ride. It, good ride, right. You enjoy, you're enjoying the ride because... You know, so much happens after, you know. It's, and that face. That face, I, I hate, it's going to sound weird. I want just a shirt of his face and like him holding the, the gun. gun. I know that's in good taste. It's probably it's not, not, but it's but iconic. It's very iconic. People would know. Yeah. You know, if you know, you know. Yeah. Um, but damn, that's, it's one of those holy shit, like they let this happen and the network didn't know it was happening. Right. Like, oh, there's no was, way they, they USA has that gun. You know, and that's another reason. Like, they will never allow that to happen. Cause no. It's like, hey, you know, fool me once. Right. <laughs> like, They're still airing episodes of Pacific Blue. <laughs> like, USA <laughs> is not in the business yeah. of having a B&E shooting. Right. Wife's in potential danger. You know, right. Like, like aw- just this, there is so much awkwardness. Yeah, this is one of those, like, I, I don't think... Uncomfortable. Look, yeah, the... WWE has definitely had their awkward and uncomfortable moments. This is one of those, like, I don't think, which I'm surprised, like, you know, uh, I forget who it was uh, on the OMG, you know, top 50. I think it was Miz or somebody was like, oh, we're, we could do this one? You know, oh, he makes Dolph. A, it was Dolph. Dolph. That's right. He makes a comment like, oh, we can do this one? It's yeah. like, yeah, this is probably one of those ones they would want to shy away from. But in today's, you know, media, you know, with digital, you know, everything's accessible. They they can't, can't. it, you know. No. That was definitely it's it's an OMG moment. It checks all three of those oh, boxes. Yeah. It's dangerous. It's original. It's, it's an element of surprise. Yeah. It's all of those moments. It's um, one of the things that I think um, is going to go down in all of wrestling history. Yeah. I'm talking a thousand years from now when it doesn't even exist in the form that it's in now. Right. As this was something that was 
truly revolutionary and truly groundbreaking. Yeah, I, I do agree. I like your assessment that is like this is what kicked off you know attitude era. Like this is you know I'll, if you yeah. wanna. I'll go on the record. I'll say I like it. Because I, like I was it. teasing, actually, with uh, John Weinert in the Shawn Michaels era, because I was teasing the... It's, it happened at the exact same time, but I was teasing the Psycho Sid going over Shawn Michaels at Survivor Series, okay. where Shawn Michaels is a clear white knee baby face, and Sid is the clear heel, and it is 97% in favor of Sid. Right, that's... As you one of those, that, you yeah. don't, and it's one of those moments that people don't talk about when you say what defines the Attitude Era. I think this is another thing that if you want to point to the beginning of the Attitude Era, let's look at this storytelling. Yeah. And let's look at this is something that does not get done today. For good reason. For good reasons. I mean, you you could try, you know, and pitch it, but I see I, it's going to get voted down, you know, and, and rightfully so. Totally, totally. So it's definitely an OMG moment. It's a holy shit moment, yeah. and it definitely deserves a place at number three. Going into number two, you want to talk about blurring the lines of reality and kayfabe. I don't think there's any bigger moment, especially in the last decade, uh, than the pipe bomb. The CM Punk promo that he delivers on June 27th, Raw, June 27th, 2011, it immediately follows a tables match between John Cena and I want to say R-Truth where R-Truth wins an awkward uh, tables match and John Cena's laying in the middle of the ring. Luke, you're giving me a weird look. I want you to look it up on your phone while I'm... <laughs> I don't know. I, I know the Cena and yeah, I don't remember. I want to say it was R-Truth. Look, okay. look up Raw June 27, 2011. But I'm going to continue on as if I'm right. <laughs> An autobiography. Um, CM Punk is going to leave WWE. He's going to stay. We don't know. He's made it very, very clear that he's not happy. And we're leading up to this match at Money in the Bank for the title. John Cena is the champ. CM Punk's the challenger. It's in Chicago. Uh, Luke has just confirmed that I am right. It was our truth. You were right. Shout out our truth, Ron Killings. Um, and here's this moment where CM Punk comes out, and he's told in the back, this is a guy that's been stifled by creative for a long time. He's been told in the back, we're going to give you a microphone. Go out, say what you want to say. Really? Like, really say what I want to right. say? Yes. Say what you want to say. There is no script. We know you hate writers. Go out and say what you want to say. We think it's going to be good TV. Well, they were right. Probably more right than they thought they were going to be. Because CM Punk comes out and delivers, to me, the greatest promo of all time. Whether it was a shoot, whether it was a work, I can't say for certain. I think it's a blend of both. But it doesn't change the fact that CM Punk goes out and says some very uncomfortable things. Not even so much about John Cena. It's his chance to get off his chest everything that has been bothering him since, what, 2006? 2005? When did he come in? About, to OVW? Yeah, yeah. 2005? 
I would say so. I I'm not really well versed when it comes to that. You know, Same. Like, but I would say around, it's around that, that time. time. Yeah. So this is six years of build up, and CM Punk we know can cut a killer promo. Yes. And he goes out. He explains that he doesn't hate John Cena for being John Cena. Right. He hates the fans for no matter what happens, just supporting John Cena and allowing this wheel to continue. And then he takes that hatred to beyond the fans. Because at the end of the day, the fans can only cheer or boo what's presented in front of them. And who's presenting that? It's Vince McMahon, the guy that literally signs his paychecks. And he comes out and he says that the world is going to be a better place and the WWE is going to be a better place when the guy who signs his paychecks finally dies. Yeah. But is that going to be better? Because when the guy who signs his paychecks dies, his daughter and his son-in-law, or excuse me, his doofus son-in-law, take over the business. And this, you want to talk about, I remember exactly where I was when this happened. Okay. That was an earlier holy shit moment. I remember exactly where I was. Nice. I remember exactly where I was who I was with, the lighting in the room. Damn. I remember every single thing about this moment. It's me and Dr. John Morelli from Anchor Chiropractic, Las Vegas, Nevada, um, sitting on the couch and turning to each other and so appropriately saying, holy shit, what are we watching? What are we witnessing right now? This is history. This is history. There is no way... This is what they wanted him to come out and say. And to me, for that reason alone, it deserves a spot at the number two all-time greatest holy shit shit moments. And that leads us to the number one holy shit moment in WWE history. But before we get to that, a real quick recap of the top ten. Number ten holy shit moment, the New Age Outlaws dump Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie over the stage in a dumpster. Number nine, Jake Roberts sixes Cobra on the Macho Man Randy Savage. Number eight, Shawn Michaels throws Marty Jannetty through the barbershop window. Number seven, Shane McMahon makes his epic return in Monday Night Raw. Number six, Stone Cold Steve Austin drives his Zamboni to and through the ring. Number five, Edge spears Jeff Hardy off of a ladder at WrestleMania 17. Number four, Seth Rollins cashing in his Money in the Bank contract at WrestleMania 31. Number three, Brian Pillman pulls a gun on Stone Cold Steve Austin. Number two, CM Punk gives his epic pipe bomb promo speech. And the number one holy shit moment in WWE history, Mankind and Undertaker and their insane match at the King of the Ring 1998. Luke, what can you tell us about that match? Uh, it was a car crash that has been replicated but never duplicated. It's, it's a great way to put it, it. Yeah, it's gnarly. It's gruesome. It's it's a spot that we'll be talking about for decades. Totally. From, you know, from here on out. Um, it's you know what twenty two years later. Uh, yeah. You know, it's still number one. If you know, I know WWE did their you know fifty right. OG moments. Right. It was number one. Yeah. I think if they were doing another fifty, you know, yeah, adding what was when did they release that? 
They released that in 2011. 11, so another nine years. We have nine years of material to add to Still that list. Still probably number one. I, I would highly agree. Yeah. I mean, I, there's some that you could argue that may be close, but, you know, it's just... just the impact of that, like, the, and it's the whole match. It's not yeah. just him going off off the side. The edge. That's what, the... yeah, that's what everyone remembers. But right, it's going through there. It's then going through the top of the cage. It's fully coming back off the stretcher. You know, right. Yeah. Uh, take her. His reaction of okay, let's. I'm going to climb back. But he up. goes right back into it. Right. Which There's, is great too. Skip a like, beat. You know they uh, they go right back into it, and then you know. Fully goes through, you know, chokes them through. Yeah. And okay, you think, hey, it's over. Now it's over. You know, but then you get Undertaker. Okay, I'm going to take out Terry Funk. I'm going to threaten, you know, ever. And then a match transpires. Right. And (laughs) I think that was really done too to just give fully as much time, give mankind as much time as possible to recover because what he just went through, like, you can see the real concern on everyone's face. I mean, it's, you know, what was it, not even three minutes, technically, into the, you know... Yeah, well, yeah, it it starts on uh, top. Yeah, you know, Mankind, he, you know, climbs to the top, Undertaker comes down, you know, his, you know, entrance, it's epic, you know, it's Undertaker's entrance, (laughs) as we all know, but then as soon as the lights come up, he's climbing that cage. He right. knows it's, it's, it's go time. It's go time. And, you know, in a matter of minutes, Foley's going off. Yeah. You know, and you hear that thud and it is literally like a car crash. Ah, it's so rough. Uh, unfortunately, having been in a car accident, you know, you, you do, that sound stays with you no matter what. Right. That's what that is. Sounded you know, like and a they literal replay car it. crash. Well, they make sure you hear it. You know, you, you get to see it from multiple angles. You hear it. It is a, gnarly spot yeah it really is it definitely um the initial is that and it's not just one spot that's right, the thing right you, you could say which one of these is worse you know they're right. both holy shit moments if you ask me you it could, could put be both on, of, on this list totally totally um, another one that is crazy and i don't think you know a lot of people as we rewatched it uh fully gets the first two cover attempts covers it yeah he hits the double underarm ddt like he uh he gets taken with the chair yeah he gets it with the chair yeah like (laughs) yeah there's two legit two counts it's the first and it's the first offense that he's pretty much had the whole match yeah you know on top of the cage you know yeah they're back and forth back and forth obviously but you know he gets like two offensive spots you know and then it's like you know that's it. <laughs> you have, yeah, but it's a, you have an actual match. After yeah, after that, that and, and it's you know. Then let's not forget the thumbtacks. Thumbtacks. Uh, you know, uh, seeing Foley's, you know, two of them referencing it. You know, what is it? Is it a, a piece, piece of, of wood? wood? And, yeah, from no, the it's table. A tooth. Right. It's, you know, once you come to realize that, you're just like, you know, you put yourself in that situation. Right. Could I have gone on? I no. I don't think I could. It's but the, you know it's a concussion plus adrenaline plus you know thousands of screaming fans. Right, and, and this is what you're here for. Yeah, this is, it's, you know, it's how this is what far, you wanted. Yeah, like, you don't know your limit until you go too far. Right. And I don't think Mick knew it until like well after this moment. Oh but. yeah. Well, yeah, he went on to. I mean, God, that ninety eight, ninety nine, Mick Foley took a lot of shots he took like, a lot of shots and then these guys come back they have a spot with Kane and Austin later, later in the, the night. night yeah these guys should be in the hospital after this <laughs> like today's you know sports entertainment those guys are you know kayfabe in the hospital then also in the hospital, hospital. you know getting concussion protocol well in, in the medical center 
They never yeah, say hospital. That's fair. that's fair. Because people show up at the hospitals. Which is like, weird. <laughs> you know, people shame on you. I know. Like, come on, man. Like, I'm a, I'm a mark, hospital, but that's like, creepy. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, you think you're going to get their autograph? Like, I guess. Or you're just trying to, like, are you going to be okay? I'm just checking on you. Ooh, yeah, thoughts of parents. That's also equally creepy. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. But, but this, the, the, you know, the Shane, Kevin Owens, you know, two thousand eighteen, right? Know, their spot, great spot, great spot. You know, also could have been on this list was debate. You know, toss back and forth, but you know, throws homage to this. You know, this, this moment. Uh, Dean, Seth, you know, Kate, you know, a Hell in a Cell. You know, their their spots on the side. And then, you know, even Sasha and Charlotte do it in 2016. They It's not the from the top of the cage. Right, right. But it's a spot where she goes through Charlotte, or uh, Sasha goes through a, a table. table. Yeah, Powerbomb, I think. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it's the, all right, we're going to call it, you know, forfeit. We're gonna, match is you, over. Match is over. Charlotte's going to be declared the winner. You know, Sasha, you know, comes off, gets in the cell, like, let's go. Right. Total throwback. Total throwback. So this is a match that's always going to have homage to it, whether it's a physical spot or a, you know hey, storyline. Storyline, you know, like the you know gets up and it's it it's it's great. Yeah, it's definitely a legendary match. It's like you said, it's always people are always going to make reference to it because it it is paying respect. It's like yeah. look, this is when you say Hell in a Cell, this is the match you think of. Yes. And I don't think any other match has won any other type of match has like if I said just steel cage match or if I said ladder match, there's going to be a handful. It might be yeah. a small handful. Yeah. But when I say Hell in a Cell match, everyone goes, "Oh, Undertaker, Undertaker Mankind." Undertaker Mankind. Like, yeah, and that and to, for pretty much a whole match to be one giant holy shit moment. Right. Um, that's you that's know, so cool. That's the whole. They yeah, they literally could have put that as number one, 1998. You know, Undertaker Mankind. Just this whole the whole match. match. Not, you know, because you can say first three minutes he goes over, he goes through the cell. Yeah, it's coming back from coming the, back. Yeah. Terry Funk, you know, getting laid out and having a seat, you know, <laughs> a seizure. seizure. <laughs> Old school book or uh, selling right there, right? So and it's, the tax come in. The tax. Mick Foley makes a fucking comeback, like you know. Yeah, his, yeah. You actually think like, oh shit, he gets know, the mandible claw. Mandible claw. Like, you think okay, he's, he's, he might get this, yeah. and you know, maybe in today's booking, you know, the underdog like that would win. Maybe you know, like just you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It, it would have to. It would be. You know, we are living in the age of Brock. Like, oh let's God. not forget that. That's so. But or, it really is. It's a. It's like a seventeen-minute moment. Yeah. You know? And so it's really, really cool. Definitely deserves to be at the top of the list. Yep. Uh, and I think that's a perfect place to end this. Luke, thank you so much for coming on and being a guest with me. Uh, it was great to have you. We're definitely going to have you back. Uh, this was an awesome experience. Mike, thank you for having me. It was an awesome time. Uh, I hope to be back, you know, sooner rather than later. Um, so whenever you want me, let we'll me do know. it again. There's Let's so much it. to cover. That's the, yeah, that's, that's the beauty. The, of it. It's the beauty of wrestling. There's so much to cover. Yes. So yeah, this is a a, a wealth of uh, creative. It's a deep well. It's, it's a, a deep, deep well, well that we can always dip from. You know, oh yeah, we can always so. find something to love, hate, disagree, agree on. So, yeah. and that's well, the beauty of it, and yes. that's what makes it. You know, these kind of discussions, these are the things that really make wrestling worthwhile for me. Yep. And this is what's so great about being part of that community is getting to have these conversations with people, and you get to 
relive great moments and play fantasy booker in your head in a way that uh, most other forms of entertainment don't allow. Right. It's it, it's unique unto itself, and it, I'm glad that it stayed with me. You know, not only through my childhood, but you know, as being an adult, you know, yep. it's you know, I've been able to expand my friendships with it. You know, uh, you know, through coworkers or you know, just close friends or you know, acquaintances. It's great. You know, it's something I've been able to use to bond with people. Totally. Know. When you find someone else, someone else is wearing a shirt yeah, or something, and you yeah. can like talk to them about that. It's such a cool moment. Yeah, it's so, like, hey, yeah, it's, yeah, I get it. I yes. we're on the same page. You have that instant bond with somebody. Yes. That's so cool. All right, yeah, we will definitely do it again. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, this is your closet champion, Mike Mueller. I'm going to take the count out loss and get out of here with my belt. Good night, everybody.